What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. I'm I'm excited to be back in studio, Harrington. You excited uh, for the for the fall? What should we call it? Uh, I, don't, I don't know the fall. Maybe we could have brainstormed this before. Yeah, why? Why? Are Maybe you I should have just thrown it. Maybe I just should have lobbed it right to you. Yeah, I mean, you usually do like a long intro by yourself. You get everybody all fired up. Uh, no, all I got the... all sorts of fire coming their way. They don't call me Robbie the Fire for nothing, well, but I am thinking we we got to call the fall something something. Well, the I mean, fall freedom, freedom fall. I mean, there was no alliteration in summer porch tour. That's just... true. All right. Well, you know what? We'll fall figure out a new way. Fireside chats. Wait, what was that? Fall fireside chats. But there's no fire here. Yeah, but I mean, we can go to, we can just have the fans invite us to bonfires. <laughs> <laughs> Not the worst idea. I've well, had worse, trust me. Anyways, we're coming back from an epically successful summer porch tour. I mean, we had thousands of entries, few won, few were graced by us on their porches, and uh, it was a good time, and now I'm excited to get back into the studio. What's fun about the studio is... We get to get chaotic. We get to have multiple segments. And on that note, I believe Yosef will be making an in-person appearance later in the episode, bringing meatloaf sandwiches. So what what could be better than that? Uh, I don't know. Telling me 10 minutes before so I didn't get dinner already. What do you eat for dinner? I went to Key Food. I got fucking little roast beef, mashed potato action. It was pretty good. You're using your library voice. Is that so that we don't disturb the yeah, other I mean, show? Yeah, I got a live mic, and Alex is being considerate, so I'm trying so to return the favor. you'll be considerate back. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Maybe I'll use... Like mutual respect. I'll use my library NPR voice, too. I don't know. Brian's whispering, too. It's really throwing me off. We can all whisper together. You want to come whisper to Robbie, Brian? Yeah, what's Brian whispering fight about? Me. <laughs> Does Brian Brian wants me to have sex with him? I think I think he wants you to fight you, but I think that's also how he flirts. Oh, I heard fuck me. I didn't even hear fight me. I, I, I just I interpreted pure flirtiness right to he just wanted to fight me. I think that's why he gets laid so much. Maybe you, Brian, do you want to come in here? Do we have beef to squash? I didn't even realize we had beef to squash. Send him in here. He wants to know if you want to go in there and squash the beef. I didn't really. Did we have beef to squash that you want to fight me? I feel like we're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> well, this is what's fun about being back in studio is we can get as weird as we want right off the bat. Harrington. What's up, buddy? Do you have anything to report from your summer? Do, do you feel like it was successful? Like uh, you got out, you enjoyed yourself at all? Did you do anything summery? I certainly got out. Oh, yeah, yeah, all out. In other words, did you have any opportunities to be indoors, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice. Uh, there was a shed involved at one point. That was pretty fun. Have you squirreled away nuts for the winter? Have you started to make preparations? Uh, not yet, dude. I think I'm just going to die uh, alone on the streets in the winter in New York, like okay. any good person. It could happen. You know what? Let's, let's re-intro. I'll get right into the topics. I'll get everyone fired up. Um, the other thing is we were going to do a review of I came across a new Reese's Take 5 candy bar. And I'm going to say epic flop. So bad, Harrington, he could just tell visually. He took one look in and said, that's not for me. Uh, And here's how bad the Reese's Take 5 is. It tastes like when you get your tooth drilled and those little pieces of your tooth end up on your tongue, that's how bad this thing tastes. Why would you offer one to me? Well, because I figured... Knowing that, why would you think I want my friend to have this? I thought we'd eat it at the same time. And like, uh, you know, we would both do a review, but then I got impatient and I just opened up mine and ate it. And then I was wondering, who knows, sometimes different taste buds, you, you might have thought it was excellent. It's fair. It's fair. And, then, right. you, and then you wouldn't have eaten the second one because you would have been like, I don't deserve it. <laughs> 
I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna. You know, if you want to get next time you get into like a long, boring thing about politics, I'm gonna go take because I'm not gonna eat in the production booth. I'm gonna go take this out into the kitchen and and get into it. And by, actually, no, uh, no politics this episode, which is why I'm I'm actually gonna recommend to our fans that they skip this episode straight up. You know, <laughs> hang out with us. It's our first time back in studio. We've already made it weird, and I got a terrible topic this week. So straight up, skip this episode. And here's why I think the fans should skip this episode. I've uh, I've said this before. It's one of my favorite pearls of wisdom from Robert Greene's book. And Harrington, you need pearls of wisdom. So I, I, I'm going to tell you this. All right? You listening? I'll take any pearls. Are you engaged? Yeah, Always. Okay, fine. So if, for example, you are miserly by nature, you will never go beyond a certain lim- limit. Only generous souls attain greatness. Associate with the greatness, then they will infect you in opening up everything that is tight and restricted in you. If you are gloomy... Gravitate to the cheerful. If you are prone to isolation, force yourself to befriend the gregarious. Never associate with those who share your defects. They will reinforce everything that holds you back. Only create associations with positive affinities. Make this a rule of life, and you will benefit more than from all the therapy in the world. Tell me, tell me that didn't make you feel a little bit inspired. It's just telling me I should stop hanging out with you. Well, basically, <laughs> and the other homeless people. That's what's keeping you back. But I know that this is 100% true. Where I've really, where I notice this more than anything, that hanging out with people that are different from you can really uh, open you up to how to be successful is the first time I worked in a sales office, people knew how to close. And I was not a closer. But you just kind of learn how to copy other people and what they're doing that's working. And then it just starts working for you. And then you kind of start being a more successful human being. I also noticed that um, in, I, I'm not, I don't really pick up women much, but in my earlier comedy days, I used to hang out with comics who were really good at it. You kind of just picked up their tricks. You did it because you just saw, hey, that works. Like, I would never have thought, hey, this works, but you saw someone do it. You just copied them. It's not like being on stage where anyone gets to call you out for being on original and you got laid. <laughs> And I've also noticed with it, like with the friends I, you know, hang out with, which is at other times in my life when I've hung out with people who are fucking workaholics and they're going to the gym, you just kind of get sucked into their energy and uh, you, you end up, you know, d- completing and doing more. Whereas when me and Harrington get together, that you don't, you don't get that result. Just a bunch of take five bars. Just a bunch of take five bars, people doing candy bars review. And then I saw, on the same note, I also saw uh, Buffett. You know, they always like to quote Buffett because he's made all this money. And he was saying his biggest advice uh, in life was you want to associate with people who are kind of person you like to be. You want to be because you're going to move in that direction. So we can say with absolute certainty that one of the things that will help you be successful in life is hanging out with other successful people, hanging out with happy, well-balanced people. If you associate, if you're around the rich, the happy, the successful, those who have a positive mental attitude, you'll begin to absorb those qualities in them, and you too can live a better life, which is why I'm recommending skipping tonight's episode. The topic that I wanted to get into is depression. And so I'm thinking one of two things here. Either you and I are the least successful people that anyone could possibly be listening to. So to be listening to us on advice on anything, especially in the self-help category, you're making a huge mistake. Or who's dealt with more depression than you and I? So we're the fucking experts here. What do you say, Mr. Harrington? Well, it's tough because we're essentially saying, you know, don't hang out with depressed people if you don't (laughs) want to be depressed. Right. And I've done nothing but be depressed this episode so far. No, but that's but part of it. And that's going to get what we're into is, you know, like you can work your way out of it. You know, it's like uh, motion creates a motion sales thing. I I blame Alex and the fact that you're stuck in a room right now where you have to use your library voice. You can't you you know what I mean? Like library voice is going to make anyone sleepy and depressed. Um, no, no. You're like a caged animal right now. Sure. That's it, 100%. If we put you in 
a natural environment where you could speak your mind, just cut loose, I think we get an energetic and enthused Harrington. You're goddamn right you do, Robbie Bernstein. <laughs> now that I'm in here in this room with you and I'm talking with a goddamn library voice, I am fired up. There you go. Hell yeah, great episode. I'm going to go back out there. Oh, okay. I was like an uncaged Harrington. I was going to let you go with that. You were, you were selling me, buddy. All right, so honestly, I want to. Uh, I, I sent out a tweet earlier in the week, um, and the tweet was there was this article in the Wall Street Journal about using antidepressants for long periods of time. Harrington, have you ever uh, have they ever medicated you? Oh yeah, yeah. What what are what are some of the things they've uh, slapped you on over the years? Uh, Zoloft. Okay. Um, I think that's the only one I've actually taken for depression. Um, taking a bunch of you know Adderall, Concerta, like the the gamut with. Um, ADD medication, but yeah, as far as depression goes, I think just Zoloft when I was a kid. How old? Uh, middle school, like uh, 12, 13, something like that. Okay, and I think uh, Zoloft's like one of the beta blockers, right? That I have. Dude. I know it's the commercial with the big, happy, purple, smiley face that was bouncing around. Yeah, but he started as like a sad, he like, was real white sad. cloud. But then he got he took that Zoloft, and he was, he was like one of those old bouncy tunes, but as a purple ball instead of a red ball. Oh, I don't remember that. I just remember it being the same white thing the whole time through. Oh, yeah, it was the black and white one? Yeah, I think that was Yeah, it. you might be right. You might be right about the Zoloft commercial. Uh, how many years were you on Zoloft for? I think like a year and a half, and then I was like, this sucks. Why? Why? Okay, and what was it about the Zoloft? You're like, this sucks. I don't know. I mean, honestly, for me, just remembering to take a pill in the morning is tough. That so, was too like, much. Dude, and like... That might have been the one good thing about it, was that it established a routine and made you do something responsible, but... Yeah, but I think the flip side of that is, like, for the days where I did forget it, it was, like, that much more. De- it's like, you can't even fucking get your fucking depression medication right, you fucking idiot. Oh, and it would just spiral out of control <laughs> right from the outset. You would just be on the school bus. What grade is this? Uh, like, yeah, like, sixth, seventh grade. You'd be like, I don't even deserve the pudding my mom gave me. Here, Steve, you take my pudding. I don't deserve it. I, I forgot to take my medication, and now I feel extra bad. If my mom was packing me puddings, I don't think I would have been depressed. You would have been happy all along. Hell yeah, My dude. mom, you know, th- th- I think this is the sign of you're just going to have a problem in life. Like, you can tell really early on if your kid has this character trait. Um... My mom was like a healthy person, or she tried to be healthy, and like the snacks were never a thing. But I used to work that lunchroom to get other kids snacks. You know, like I would, you know, I became friends with the kids who moms were just packing the good stuff because other kids had plenty of good snacks. But not only did they have plenty of good snacks, they would send it back. Like I couldn't believe that there were some kids that got sent so much snacks and their thing, and that like not eating it all at lunch was an option. Like they would actually come home with it. And then, you know, just have different snacks in there the next day. That's wild. That is wild. I think, to me, that's like, you know, before you, you, like, when you were a kid, sugar was kind of, that was like, before you knew of alcohol or pot, that was just the thing, if you get your hands on it. That's still that way for me, dude. Well, but now it's, uh, yeah, it's I guess. It's readily available. Yeah, it's just readily available, so you don't have to yeah. kind of sneak around in the same way. Like, one of the thing, one of the moves I used to pull was uh, my grandma lived up by, uh, like, where we went to school, and my sister used to sleep over there once a week. And when we used to pick her up in the morning, because my grandma always had, like, good... I used to ransack her kitchen before I went to school. I mean, I ransacked that thing, filled up my pockets, and then got right in there at, like, 9 in the morning, just eating Reese's bars and like Twinkies, just all the good stuff. I don't, you're the only person I've ever met who calls it a Reese's bar. Reese's or cups, doggy. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, fair. I think the... I'll take that critique and let it be known on the show that when I'm 
definitively wrong, <laughs> I'll admit it. But when it comes to things like potato buns that are now just called hamburger buns that require some research, I'll say that it requires some research. But I'm not above admitting defeat. I'll do it. I'm, I'm not that kind of a guy. I'm, I will readily admit when I need improvement, and when I'm wrong, I'll say it straight up, no problems, no ifs, no qualms. Harrington, did I readily admit that I was wrong there? Uh, yes, sir. There you go. Thank you. Okay, uh, so anyways. I am, yeah. Now I'm sorry. I'm just picturing you like running around like a young Gordon Gecko around the lunchroom. Like, I got I got six Twizzlers. Who wants to give me two Twinkies? Two Twinkies for six Twizzlers. I got I got three Twinkies, three Twinkies for these six Twizzlers. I never, no, I never ran a marketplace like that. I think I just sat down next to kids and was really annoying. Like, wait, so you're not going to eat that pudding? <laughs> you're just going to put that back? Your mom doesn't want that back. It doesn't need to be refrigerated. You can't just keep that in your lunchbox all day. Let me help you out, buddy. What what other snacks were you going to bring back home? You know, your mom buys those and packs them. She doesn't want them coming back. <laughs> Just being nevishy about how you scam people out of snacks. I think my mom finally it. at one point started packing snacks because she got a call from another mom saying that I was bothering their kid at lunch too much. <laughs> I was pulling their kid into giving, giving up their snacks, and she's like, all right, I'll start packing you some snacks, but... Yeah. That's right. the way to do it, dude. That's how you end up becoming a fat fuck, and then you move over to drugs, and, you know, it's just, that, that's who you are. You were always that way. Uh, anyways, so I'm reading this article about um, the long-term health effects about taking Zoloft and how it's really, really messing people up. Harrington, can I, can I read a little bit of the article about how much taking this shit for a long, long, long time is going to fuck you up? Please. All right, some recent, this is from the Wall Street ju- ju- Journal. Some recent studies have suggested serious potential risk. People who used antidepressants had a 14 higher risk of heart attacks and strokes and a 33% greater risk of death. Uh, the most popular antidepressants, selective serotonin reputake inhibitors, I don't know if I pronounced that right, a lot of words, or SSRIs, that's way easier, I should have just gone for that first, affect the action of the neurotransmitter serotonin not only in the brain but throughout the body. And because serotonin is involved in the critical process like growth, digestive, and immune function, disrupting serotonin levels could have widespread negative health effects. And then it goes on to say how it's uh, fucking up people that were older. They haven't really studied how long people have been taking this for. Here's some more fun facts. I'll go Bernie Sanders with this because it's percentages. And 73% of health care visits when antidepressants were prescribed and medical patients, no psychiatric diagnosis was reported, up from 60%. You see, you, you just throw out the percentages in his voice. It sounds like you know what you're talking I about. I love hearing percentages. <laughs> 13% of Americans aged 12 and over, when they took the medications, uh, other things happened. And 7.17% in 1999, according to a 2012 survey. All right. Anyways, so they haven't studied the long-term health effects. And, like, the doctors love putting on this shit and shitting on alcohol. So I just basically tweeted out a joke of, like, yeah, you, you read about this. You're like, why don't you guys just drink? You know, that's been working for people forever. You're depressed? Like... Well, why, why take this shit? Just drink. It's probably the better of the two things. Uh, and then the joke that I, that, I, that I stated was, you know, they said the same thing about Adderall for me. They recommended that to me at some point in my life. No studies of long-term health effects. And to me, taking Adderall, like, you know, because it's going to help you study or focus is like in the 40s. If, they, if a doctor said, hey, you can't cut, have you tried cigarettes? That'll get you through your workday. You stressed at work? Try a, what was, what was like a big cigarette brand in the 40s? Lucky Strikes? Try a Lucky Strikes. <laughs> they would have put like Yogi Bear on it. Hey, you stress that work? <laughs> all right. So I threw that out into the world. I got all of uh, eight responses, and I was like, okay, this is enough for us to do an entire episode on. So as I said earlier, <laughs> not enough. I got uh, just you keep going. 
not enough, Arrington? You're doing great. I mean, eight full responses. So, listen, I told you guys to skip the episode. If you're here, it's your own fault. I, I said, flay it out at the beginning. You know, skip this one. It's about depression. Depression's depressing. I also think it's kind of lame to talk about because uh, I think a lot of comedians or people in the arts like to talk about depression and anxiety. And I think uh, when you talk about it, it makes it more real. That's kind of my take with this stuff a little bit. I feel like you got a thought on that. No, not at all. I'm just trying to listen to you while Nate is doing his thing. Oh, okay, they really this is this this time conflict's just not great. It's not awesome. I don't it's know why really, you wanted to do it at this time. You know why? Because I'm I'm like way done with work, uh, like way earlier than this, and the downtime between being done with work and getting the show started was kind of was kind of bugging me out a little bit. And then I found sometimes when we started, I was I was I was getting a little bit sleepy. Because of the stress of the downtime. Yeah, but then you drink a Red Bull and you get loopy and we talk about sandwiches for I know, I, but then we've also had times where we start coming down to the wire where I would have done a third hour. I would have I gone for four. I'm in the, I'm in the zone, but then, but then we got to get out of here because it, you know, it, it's lights off. Well, we still have Yosef coming behind us, so who knows? This could get wild. And I also feel like we build as we go. We start off all complainy. We, we try talking about candy bars, and then by the end of it, it, it gets fucking weird. Yeah, sure. This is going to be fun, dude. It's great. Don't worry about it at all. Um, yeah, what were you saying about... I'm trying to process this about Adderall now. No, no, we were past the Adderall, but I don't remember what I was talking about. We were trying to tell people why they should uh, skip this episode. And oh, no, that, no, no, no. They should skip Zoloft. Well, no, no. T- they should take Zoloft. They should? No, no, don't take Zoloft. That's crazy. Why would you take Zoloft? I don't know. Didn't you... Weren't you the one that said it made yeah, you extra it. depressed? It sucked. Uh... I don't. I don't have any uh, experience with that. No, I was trying to say that a lot of uh, artists. Uh, not that I'm. Uh, not that I'm one of them. But a yes, lot of people. Are. A lot of people in the uh, the comedies, and a lot of people who are actors, or a lot of people like to paint. They like to. I feel like complain about their depression and talk about their anxiety. And I feel like one, it's kind of lame, and two, I feel like it kind of gives it power. I feel like people make it more of their personality when they like to talk about it, or if they like to. Uh, it's like the same way, you know, people find humor in like being a fat fuck or I do it with drinking. I got a lot of jokes about drinking and then you almost get afraid like, oh shit, I can't stop drinking because all these jokes aren't going to be true, which is stupid. You'll write other jokes. It's not, it's not what makes you funny. It's not the only topic you can talk about. It's just, you're making fun of what's a part of your life and that's how you spend most of your time. So that's all you have to comment on. But the point being, I think when you talk about these things, you make it a part of yourself and you give it more power than it has to. So I prefer to take the ignored approach, pretend like it's not even a thing, and don't even address it, which is why we don't. I don't usually bring up this topic all that much. Yeah, that's why I'm going to die quietly in a bathtub. Exactly, no but, you're gonna not, but you're not going to be a burden to people about I'm it. Try you're not, not going to walk around and say, hey, I can't help myself and pull myself out of homelessness. I can't keep it. You're not going to be that person. No. No, you wouldn't do that to your friends. Just very silently suffer. <laughs> it's great. So I do have some tips uh, for dealing with the darks, uh, you know, that I want to, I want to lay on some people. But before we do that, I just want to make it clear that, you know, obviously I don't think I have all the wisdoms in the world. And, uh, if, if you're feeling shitty, you know, don't, don't take this as brilliance or, you know, I don't know if, if you're actually seeing a doctor and they're telling you to take medication, take your fucking medication. I don't know what to tell you. I wouldn't go with my word over theirs and I wouldn't not see a shrink. And I've had some success seeing shrinks. Harrington, have you had any good experiences seeing a shrink? No. No. But well, have did you ever... it for a long, long, long time, and I just yeah. never felt like I got anything out of it, really. 
Yeah. Well, I, here's my experiences with them. Firstly, is it's nice to have someone that you can complain to. Like you can really exhaust your friends complaining, or it's like it's lame to complain. You don't want to, but like when you're paying someone just to show up, that that's your moment. You can complain all you want, and then usually my attitude, if people are complaining to me, it's like, hey man, that kind of sounds like a you problem. But when you're talking to your shrink, it's kind of their problem too, because they're literally paying you on the basis that they might be able to uh, work through it. So I think just being able to show up to somewhere and get all your complaining out of the way, so that when you're out with your friends and not a big fuck face. Like if something's really on your mind, it tends to just kind of ooze out. And so if you're fucking stressed out about shit and then you go out with your friends and you just whine away, I feel like a shrink is worthwhile just in that regard. Or if you're exhausting your wife, your spouse, or whatever the hell it is in your life that you complain to, I think there's some value in just seeing a shrink and you pay them, you get all your complaints out and then you're, you know, you're like, all right, I got that out of the way. I don't have to, I don't have to burden my friends with this bullshit. Can't argue with that at all. Yeah. So here's my, my here's my experiences with shrinks. First time I saw a shrink, I got in a lot of trouble in high school for uh, you know excessive partying in the dorm. I went to a very religious school, and I spent most of the day smoking weed in my dorm room, and I drank a lot of alcohol. And at some point, they're like, "Yeah, we're a religious institution. We can't just have kids sitting in their rooms all day smoking weed." reading the New York Post and listening to Key 1043. So they threw me out of there. I, was I bothering anyone, Harrington? Maybe. No, I wasn't well, bothering anyone. I, I mean, was if you're in smoking room. pot and it just makes the whole dorm room, no, I didn't, like I the didn't, whole floor smell like that. Excuse me. I had an unbelievable... This was engineering at its best. If anything, they should have walked into my room and said, we should study your ways because clearly you are a problem solver and you're destined to, for great things. Can I tell you my system for dealing with the weed scent? Please. So first you is, tried to get into this on the uh, the 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 smoke out bug out, but you were way too stoned to explain the story at the time. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. It was pretty fun. So first I first thing I did was I had a box fan in the window with it faced with the fan blowing out so that you're blowing all smoke out the window. Okay. Good start. So that's that's start number one. Start number two is a second fan which was one of those really high-end, I stole it from my roommate because he had really wealthy parents, but it was a high-end, like, Vortex fan. It was one of the ones that came on, like, like one leg that loops around, comes up, big black body, Vortex fan, oh, high-powered, okay? Yeah. Probably a Vornado brand? Some, yes, yes, Vornado. So you'd put that on, you'd put both on high. Then what we would do is we'd sit around... And when you blew out, you would blow out into the back of the Vornado fan, which would blow it right to the, the box fan and suck it right out the window. So it was a double fan suction exhaust right out the window. Solid. That was one. Two is we would put things underneath the door so that like anything going on in the room couldn't really be smelled on the outside. Three is I always cooked popcorn in the microwave. And that was basically it. It's a lot of popcorn. Oh, yeah, but it's perfect because then munchies are, you're high and you got munchies ready to go. I haven't eaten. Can't argue with this system. I haven't eaten microwave popcorn in, uh, I can't remember the last time I ate microwave popcorn, but I used to love uh, that Act 2 butter. I, my mom, I used to have my mom buy it from Costco. Be like, hey, mom, it's a healthy snack. Can we get some of the Act 2 butters from Costco? I had cases of that. You know you know which one I'm talking about? Of course, dude. The big blue box with a white lettering on it. Yes, yes, yes. Classic. And then I would dump Tabasco on there. Oh, my God. Tabasco right on popcorn. Delicious. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Have you never done that? I don't fuck with Tabasco. I don't like it. You don't like Tabasco? It's, it, it's no. a little vinegary, vinegary for people. It's not, you know, I, it's like my... Staple hot sauce, but I'll admit it's not like it's not world class. I understand why people don't like it. 
Um, is that is that your complaint with Tabasco that it's a little vinegary? Uh, no, I mean it's really more that it's just just pepper. What do you mean? Oh, it's you. It doesn't have a flavor outside of pepper. Yeah, it's just hot for the sake of hot. And it's oh, like, I, don't, I don't agree with that at all. Because I, I actually it. don't even think it's that spicy. Um, whereas I have experienced things that you're talking about where it's just almost too hot to taste flavor. No, I, I like Tabasco a lot. Tabasco is my staple. The one that I think is really bad is just straight, like your traditional red hot. It's more of like a salty kind of thing. I don't like Red Hot, except the Red Hot Buffalo sauce, which is more recent and is not that spicy, is just straight up delicious. Okay. You don't have much on this. No, I mean, I'm, I'm again, I have, uh, you know, it, no, not really. You're not a big hot sauce guy. I mean, come on, dude. Like, Cholula is my shit. I love, uh, I love Cholula. Loves a lot. I mean, you know, it's it is what it is. Like, I'm not one of those like crazy. Ooh, can I take a thousand Scoville unit, whatever thing? It's like, eh, shut up. You know, it's fucking pick one you like and move on. Frank's is fine. Don't be, don't get creative. But I just said Frank's is terrible. Yeah, but you're dumb. Like oh. you're you're you you find problems with Excuse everything that people me. like. No, Excuse no, 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 no. me. No, 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 no. You are a contrarian have, at heart. No, I'm I, I, okay. I I probably am a little bit of a contrarian at heart. Once again, I'm willing to admit fault. Like I said, <laughs> immediately, I don't need to just be uh, argumentative for the sake of being argumentative, or you know, insisting on being right when I'm not. But in this case. Frank's Red Hot, you gave up too early. You showed up and you said, hey, that's the first hot sauce that exists. I want to be a hot sauce guy. You went with the worst hot sauce that was out there and you just said, I'm going to make this my thing. And with no desire, a shelf, a shelf not just of different brands, but of multiple different flavors, concoctions. And at no point in time did you say, let me experiment with what else is out there. Let me mix it up. Let me maybe try the green Tabasco. Maybe next week, like I understand getting a Frank's Red Hot, throwing that in your fridge and then every once in a while going, but let me try something else. But just to try Frank's and go, this is what hot sauce is all about. No reason for further exploration. Seems like, I don't know. It seems like a man that's not going to experience a whole lot in life. No, I mean, here's my thing, dude. Cholula, Tapatio, Frank. Like those okay, are... so then Frank's isn't your jam. You, no, you're, no. you're widening your palate right there. You're saying, I like a diverse range of hot sauce on different occasions. I'm not committed to Frank's. What I'm saying <laughs> is I'll take what they have unless yeah. all they have is Tabasco, right? Okay. Like I'm not a connoisseur to the point where I'm like, ooh, I need to try this like hickory smoked ghost pepper with mango habanero yeah, yeah. infusion. It's yeah, it like, sounds like too much. Shut up. You know, like it, whatever, dude. You ordered hot sauce. You knew what you were getting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? I don't know how we we, we went. We went somehow to from the, the uh, Tabasco thing. on your popcorn in oh, college. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, it was high school. That was high school. Dude. That's well, yeah, but you were in the dorms. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I dorm I, people, for high school too. I just you know. I think it was called rehab, but I'm not sure. You know, <laughs> rehab high school, doggy. <laughs> Check it out on the shedcast. That actually sounds like that would be a that'd be a great like worst worst television show ever i mean if you don't think i've written that pilot you're crazy can we read that pilot sometime maybe where does it exist uh it's like an old laptop i gotta find uh, it too many shows have done the uh the ari shafir i never heard that episode but i heard it was hilarious it's great yeah i did a voice did you do a voice what do you mean on the shoot he went he came here because he lost the last 10 minutes of the recording oh, so he so came here one day with a zoom yeah. and just had like different people in the in the office read a line or two because people who made it three they needed the ending oh, he wasn't gonna leave that unturned you can't yeah and he had moved to hollywood just to produce that that pilot right 
I, I, if that's true, then my God. I think no, so. No, no, right. no. I think the story was, if I'm not mistaken, it was like he he had a meeting and he had to submit something. So he dug up an old script he had from college and submitted that. Oh, just for kicks. And they no, not for kicks because he thought it was like legitimately. Oh, brilliant, and then he realized and it was terrible. It. Yeah. Can I tell a, a, do you know uh, Reggie Conquest at all? A little bit. Reggie's Reggie's such a funny dude. I mean, funny comic, funny dude. But this is one of my favorite. I don't know if I can. Whatever. This is one of my favorite stories in all of comedy. Is I uh, Judd Apatow? I think a couple summers ago was at the cellar a lot, like a lot. You know, working on a set or something, right? And Judd Apatow. I mean, aside from the movies he's directed, he's probably the biggest comedy producer out there. There's maybe one or two other. There's the guy from Ed, Lauren Michaels. And maybe Adam McKay, and maybe one other name in hot like whoever's produced Adam Sandler's movies. No, I mean Adam McKay is definitely below Apatow. Apatow gave right. I'm McKay just saying. Start. I'm just saying if you're naming the biggest Hollywood producers, because you don't really think you kind of you kind of think of him as a schlubby Jew guy, but behind the scenes he produced Girls, he produced uh, Amy Schumer's movie, he's produced uh, Trainwreck, he's produced like major shit. Yeah, I, how do you consider him schlubby? He's the entire. He's got a, a, a. Well, he looks schlubby, and for his comedy, he likes to pretend like oh, I'm a weak man and and my wife, and I don't know how to deal with my daughters, and and you know everyone's yeah. taking advantage of me, and I don't know how to handle my emotions, and he made. His wife and daughter, Hollywood stars. He has like nine different movies that are all like that finish in like the top five grossing for that year. It gets insane. He makes so much money. But if you ever pass him in the street, you're like, that's a schlubby Jew. Man, fuck that dork. Yeah, exactly. And a whiny, schlubby Jew. But, anyways, uh, he's the big. Uh, who are the other, like, would you say the largest comedy producer, specifically comedy? Is he number one? He's definitely number one. No, in Lauren comedy? Michaels would have to be number one. Because really, Lauren Michaels still produces movies. He produces what movies. The, he makes the, the SNL last? movies, Night of the Roxbury, and like, you know, like a, a few of them were big okay. coneheads, I guess. But like, come on, dude. His last movie, I think, was the Will Sasso. Uh, uh, he I actually liked that a, movie a lot. Yeah, I mean, it was great, but it didn't do business. No, MacGruber. No. Um, yeah. I think he might have had a hand in Pop Star, <laughs> Never Stop, Never Stopping. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not. I don't know. Like, yes, the Lorne machine is a machine, but I'd say more in the television side than, like, right. greater Hollywood. Anyways, uh, Reggie Conquest is at the cellar, and, and you know, Judd Apatow is, like, standing around or whatever, and Reggie walks up to him all excited, like, Lorne, uh, you got to hear me out here. I got this unbelievable movie to pitch. Can I, can I pitch you my movie? I really want to pitch you my movie. And Lorne's like, I mean, uh, Judd's like, okay. And then Reggie just goes on to, he doesn't have a movie. He just pitches him absolute nonsense until Judd Apatow realizes it's total nonsense and walks away. <laughs> I love that. I mean, the balls to just be like, I don't care that this is the biggest producer in comedy or that this is a club. I mean, Reggie might work the cellar. I don't think he works the cellar. He's funny enough to work the cellar, but he's, he's still a younger New York City comic. But anyways, I just that to me is I, the, the best. That's the funniest thing anyone's ever done at the cellar, in my opinion. Top that. <laughs> I mean, dude, come on. Really? That's the best thing ever been done at the cellar. And the upstairs, yeah. You know, <laughs> not not the invention of Tough Crowd. Not anything Patrice ever said. <laughs> it's Reggie's bullshit pitch to Judd Apatow. Reggie wasting eight minutes of Judd Apatow's time. Yeah, I gotta get more details on what the bullshit pitch was. Why don't you have him in? I'd love to have Reggie on. We, yeah. can, we could have Reggie on sometime. I'll literally right. text him right now. Um, You mean just to find out the details on his story? No, see if he's free for next week, dude. I'm a producer. I'm trying to okay. produce. Okay, yeah, fair point. Hey, what the fuck were we talking about? We're getting real distracted here this week. You don't say. Um, 
Oh, yeah, shrinks. So first time I saw a shrink, I got thrown out of school, and they forced me to go to a shrink. And when you get forced to go to a shrink, there's no value in it whatsoever. It's like a court order. Your parents spend a lot of money for you to talk to some dude. He basically talks to you because you just sit there and stare at the floor. And th- th- that's what that is until finally he, he goes, oh, I-, I healed you. And you're like, all right, great. I don't have to show up to this bullshit anymore. And it's also that you can get back into your school and the lawyers of the school can be like, well, uh, we-, we-, we got rid of his drug addiction because we got him counseling. So that was my first experience with the shrink. Second experience with the shrink was after college. Uh, you know, I was like, that, that college thing didn't really work out. I better start dealing with some of my bullshit. Went to see a shrink. I think I went for about three sessions. They diagnosed me with ADD. I saw a psychiatrist. The guy gave me uh, Adderall. And I was like, well, I got drugs out of this. There's no reason to go to that anymore. <laughs> so I stopped doing therapy after three sessions because I'm like, I got meds out of this. This was great. That worked out perfectly. You gamed the system perfectly. I gamed the system perfectly. Discovered very quickly that while Adderall, um, while I definitely have ADD, and it was helpful to get that diagnosis and kind of learn a little bit about... You you know what one of the most helpful things about the ADD diagnosis for me was, Mr. Harrington? What's that? It's that I used to really beat myself up for the absent-minded mistakes that I make. And then, and I used to really think I was stupid. Like I really thought I was dumb for someone like to just absent mind. Like sometimes, like for example, it still happens to me sometimes where I'll mix up days, I'll show up to things on the wrong date, kind of shit. And I used to really beat myself up for being stupid. But now I just kind of really, I got ADD. I'm absent minded, and beating yourself up doesn't help. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't kill myself about these things. I don't not take my Zoloft in the morning and get real mad. I like it. It's it's called being well adjusted. Good way to go through life. And then I had a third time where I I went to see a shrink because I was I was in a real dark place and it was very productive because I so didn't want to talk to this guy about my problems. Like I would show up and go, I'm not dealing with this, and he go, Well, why aren't you dealing with this? I'll be like, You know what? I'll just go take care of it. <laughs> and I fixed a whole bunch of shit. You know, I'd be like, I don't have a job. Why don't you have a job? I'm like, All right, I'll go apply for jobs, and then I would just take care of it. So you know, I guess there's some built-in accountability. Because you don't want to state that you're going to do something and then have to show up somewhere and really, like, in front of someone, kind of confront the fact that you didn't do it and then have to diagnose why you didn't do it. That's true. That was the one thing that I enjoyed about therapy was having, like, an accountability thing. But then there was also the flip side where it was just like, yeah, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, I would come in the next day and be like, why didn't you have this done? I'm like, because I don't care enough about <laughs> you, the guy who I talk to for 45 minutes a week, to, to change my life for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, in other words, you'd be like, I don't, like, I had the opposite. I was embarrassed about a guy being let in and judging me and trying to analyze why I was getting my own way. I was like, I'll just solve these things. You were like, I don't give a shit about your fucking shitty opinions enough to go out and solve my own problems. I'll just won't solve them and I'll come here and I'm not going to even, but was that a, were you forced to go at that time? That doesn't sound like you chose to go to that, no, dude. No, I chose to go to him, but like there was still like a thing where I would, you know, like I said, I would just show up and be like, yeah, I didn't do that. And I have no, I don't owe you anything. You know you what mean, I mean? I don't owe you an explanation? Yeah. But isn't that just stupid? The whole point is like you're kind of, part of why it works is you're opting in where you're going, hey, I'm willing to have the conversation with you about why I'm not and why I'm not holding myself to my own values of that I came in here and we decided, hey, this is a value for me, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it, but you, you just, whatever. I mean, you're, you're you. I'm not like... No, it's nothing like, it's, it was nothing even that, like, calculating. It was more so like, you know, I would just come in and instead of having that sense of shame that you were talking about, like, oh, I need to get this done so that I can, like, impress this person, it's like, who, who are you? Like, yeah. 
You know, I, I, you, what? You're not keeping my bed warm at night. Why? I don't owe you anything. You know. But then why would you pay the guy on the basis that he's an expert who can help you? Uh, you know, so uh, because I wanted to, like, I wanted that sense in my mind of like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in therapy. The yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I just yeah. want to be able to say that I was doing. Well, that that's I was another trying. value to therapy is that you can just tell people I'm in therapy, and then you can just keep being a piece of shit because you, you know, you get that that feeling like, well, I'm dealing with it. Yeah, it's like you know, it's two minutes of conversation for somebody who doesn't have a personality. It's great. Two minutes. Wait, what was that? Like two minutes of you can have a two minute conversation with anyone about like yeah, I'm in therapy now because X, Y, and Z, and then right. talk about whatever you know. Like you can you can get two minutes out of the fact that you're in therapy. Right. And if you don't have a personality, two minutes can go a long way in starting a conversation. You know. You're saying you have so little personality. The oh. fact that it was an hour was stressful for you. You felt like in two minutes you could have gotten the whole thing out. No, 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 no. I'm saying like talking to strangers. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, you're in okay. a conversation with someone. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm in therapy now. It's like, oh yeah, what are you doing? Well, we're working on the next one. You know what I mean? And it's that's like that's all you wanted to get out of it. So you could really have just shown up once a month for one minute, and you would have had enough that you could have told random strangers that you were doing in therapy. Yeah. And now, what exactly did you get out of the conversations you were having with people? Like, why was that a thrill to you to be able to be no, at a bar and be no, like, no. hey, I'm getting this out of therapy? Now I feel like I'm the fucking therapist. Let's move on. That's not what I was trying to get at. I'm not trying to solve your problems. <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to do. And that's the point. If you got fucking problems, go see a therapist. And don't fucking email me about your fucking problems. I don't want to hear about them. Don't make them my responsibility. I've gotten those emails twice, by the way. Late at night, I went out. I was drunk. I ate sandwiches. I want to jerk off and go to bed. I'm dealing with my own bullshit. And someone's writing me, hey, I'm a big fan of blah, 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 and I want to kill myself. And it's like... Well, why do you got to make me feel guilty about this? If I don't, have, I don't have an answer for you. You think there's anything I can do to help you? I'm a fucking mess here. I'm trying to eat less sandwiches before I go to bed, and now you want me to solve you not killing? You're just gonna throw that at me? No wonder you're depressed in life. You're throwing shit onto people. You're just you're walking around not taking responsibility for you, pretending like other people got to be responsible for it, which that's gonna make you depressed because you're being shitty. You see what I'm saying, Harrington? Yeah, and I think there is the added thing, too, where it's like, if you're hitting up Robbie Bernstein, just go ahead and pull the trigger, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone for this yeah, world, yeah, anyway. Like, and, and, don't, and, why, and don't put it on me. Don't, don't let me know. I didn't know that you existed three minutes ago. Now I got to know that you existed. You asked me for help. I couldn't help you, and you're dead. That, how, that's not nice. Couldn't agree more. Thanks, buddy. That's what you're here for, you know, so I can take a, a, a breath and someone can go, I agree with you. I, you are a very smart man. I'm just going to get, I'm just going to get a, instead of me actually having to turn my mic on, I'm just going to get a drop board of me being oh, like. Oh, just like, you can just push a button. Like, I agree with you. Okay, well, if Harrington agrees with me, I guess I can move on. And then every once in a while, you pick the weirdest points to disagree with me. Like, I feel like you just change it up and go, you know what? I might as well disagree with him on this one. And then I'm like, well, let's figure out why he disagreed. And then it's like, you know, that you should not explore hot sauces. <laughs> well, every now and then I got to take you to task. Like when you call a Reese's bar a Reese's bar, which is insane. And I know must have driven every person listening crazy. So I just like, that's the only time I really feel However, the need to disagree However, let's be fair. You. you know, I actually just wanted you to have that moment. You assumed I was talking about Reese's Cups. I couldn't have been talking about the Nutrageous Bar. They didn't have that when you were a kid going to your grandma's. Next. I could have been talking about um, the uh, out... What was the uh, What was the one that wasn't that good? Whatchamacallit? Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. I actually liked Whatchamacallit's kind of. But it's a lesser candy yeah, bar. agreed. Like, every once in a while to throw it in there was kind <laughs> of fun, but it's a lesser candy bar. For sure. It's like uh, Brian likes Milky Way. 
You know, Milky Way's got to be... Don't, don't you say a bad word about Milky Way to me. No. Milky Way is great. No. Milky Way is excellent. No. It is creamy and delicious. You put it in the freezer. It right, is the perfect frozen snack. Does Milky oh. Way make your top five candy bars? Yes. All right, name your top five. Oh, that's... I want to know. I want to know what else is in this list that you have room for a Milky Way. Putting bar. me on the spot like that. Um. All right. I mean, honestly, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Kit Kats. Because are in by there. the way, before you start your list, you can basically put every candy bar before Milky Way, and then you get to Milky Way. I'm, I'm not. Milky gonna... Way is so tasteless. It like it's not even worth the calories. It's like why? It's like it's like you <sighs> ate your mom's like diet Slim Fast bar, but with all the calories of a candy bar, but none of the taste. It's That's... like they somehow managed to mix caramel lightness and chocolate on the outside into some sort of a flavorless concoction that's not even dietary. But go ahead, tell us. Did your you list. just I'm call sorry. nougat lightness? I, I I was rolling off my tongue. You know, <laughs> just go with it. That was um, an, that was just an agree moment. But sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, Rob. A um, hundred gram bar. Is that number one? Or you're just no, naming I'm top just, five? Not I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to okay. pick between my children here. That's okay. Insane. Fair enough. Uh, definitely Kit Kats. Definitely a uh, hundred gram bar. Um, Trying to think, going down the like, do, all right. So, do M and M's count? Yeah, of course. Oh, peanut butter M and M's for sure. Um, definitely gonna have to put a Milky do Way. Do you say in there. peanut butter or peanut? Peanut butter. Peanut butter M and M's. Yeah, the red pack. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh. I'm not new to candy. Next level. Okay, I actually prefer peanut M and M's to peanut butter M and M's. No question about it. The peanut butter M and M's they don't do a lot for me, but a peanut M and M, peanut M and M is uh, pretty fantastic. But okay, continue. Continue your list of the worst candy bars. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. So actually, the, the, the how I found out yeah. about uh, peanut butter M&M's was I, I had this brilliant idea in my head where I was like, yo, imagine if you took a Reese's Pieces, but then put an M&M on the outside. And they're like, yeah, that candy already exists. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, they already have peanut butter M&M's. And my jaw almost hit the damn floor. I was so excited. I went out and got like three packs that night. So I'm a huge fan of that. Um, let's see. I'm going to put... Uh, does Nerds Rope count? No, it's not a chocolate bar. Oh, so chocolate specifically. Yeah, uh, we're in the right. chocolate bar category. Um, yeah, probably an OG Take Five then. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That rounds out my list. What about that weird one that you insisted uh, when we went to see a movie and then we didn't end up seeing the movie because that was two weeks too early? <laughs> <laughs> on the movie being released. <laughs> Wait, what, what movie was that we again? We were going to go see the dumb Spider-Man cartoon. Okay, it's not and dumb. We, and Have we you got, seen it yet? It was fine. It was fun. But okay, it's we're the adult, best we were adults going made. to see cartoons. That we're, we're being dumb. It's fine. Listen, everyone's stupid. Everyone's got their stupid. We got outrageously stoned and then went and, and to see... a. Spider-Man movie that turned out to be the best Spider-Man movie ever made. But it wasn't playing for two weeks. Well, you know, <laughs> we were, we, were in we the got future. some details off, <laughs> <laughs> which, for the record, was my blunder. All right, we, we, I don't remember what candy bar I was trying to get that night that I was. If very anything, if we've on. proved anything from this episode, it's that both you and I should be back on our Adderalls because uh, this is this is I don't even know well, what the fuck were we talking about? Something to do with therapy and depression again? I don't. I, we were getting into it. Oh, you're talking about... Oh, yeah, people uh, emailing me about killing themselves. And, and I'm telling you, I listen, don't kill yourself, but please don't email me beforehand. And if you're like an even decent-looking confused girl who's on the edge, feel <laughs> free to DM me. There you go. There you go. And, I, you know, I, 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 I stand by this. Uh, I do think part of... Uh, this is very salesy. One of the first things they teach you in sales offices, positive mental attitude. And uh, as a person who uh, has definitely seen the world through the miserable lens 
I think you kind of become a shit factory. It's like we, you know, like in the same way, uh, uh, a gun factory. It takes in these raw materials and it produces guns out the outside, or the Laffy Taffy factory. It takes in sugar. It takes in these uh, fake chemicals, and then on the backside, it puts all the shit together, and you end up with Laffy Taffy. It's like you're walking around, you're seeing the world, and if you see it as being the most horrifying and worst experience ever, you're kind of becoming a shit energy factory where you're interpreting the world and you're putting out shit. You know what I mean? So I think that there's something to be said uh, for you live within your own brain. Perception's reality. And if you, you like if you live in your brain, I'm kind of taking this from Bill Murray. You might as well make it pleasant. You might as well invest in like if you owned a garden and you're going to put together your garden, you might as well make it a nice garden. So if you're in your brain, perception's reality and your entire life, you got to view the world. You might as well figure out how you can look at the world and observe it in a way that you go, hey, this is kind of cool. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> you know what? We should make that a drop that people, they can use it in their daily life. Like if you're giving a presentation at work or something and you're not sure what you're talking about, you can just drop the little Harrington drop of, what is it? Couldn't agree more. Perfect. And you say it in the same tone every time. Like, I mean, it almost sounds like you've been at home just practicing it where you're like, I want, I want more time on this pot. Let, let me practice this. Wait, wait, one more time. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So now here's my breakdown. And this is not the medical breakdown of what these terms really are. Like they, they talk about, you know, depression as being this, I guess, uh, like, you know, it's a disease or it's this tangible, real Thing, or it's an ailment that can't possibly be cured and they got to put you on medications for. And uh, that might be true for you. Like I said, I'm not a shrink. See a shrink. If they give you meds, take your damn meds. Uh, but I think depression in the same way if you, when like you touch an oven and it hurts because, you know, you burned your hand and your body's letting you know, hey, don't touch an oven. I think depression in a lot of ways is your body's pain mechanism for giving up. I think life is about like being challenged and struggling and like when late at night you decide, hey, instead of instead of waking up early I, or like, you know, instead of being sharp tomorrow for work, I'm just going to get hammered or, you know, and instead of like leaving my house today, I'm just going to watch TV. And then like if you just keep kind of doing these things, you're not really participating in life. You're kind of you're kind of consistently engaging in activities that are they're deathly overeating. That's like that's deathly. And, you know, if you're constantly picking death over life and you're not engaging in struggle, which is what life is, life is literally. Literally, you just you, you struggle, and I think it, the pain mechanism in your body for when you're opting out of struggle and only for comfort is that you start to feel depressed, and that's your body. It's your pain mechanism, so you don't just continue to do those things. Harrington? Couldn't agree more. Now, come on. You must have a take on that a little bit. I mean, I you know, I, I do agree. Like, there is a certain sense of, like, you know, there's pain here. The problem I have with that is, like, it is crippling in the sense of, like, once you get depressed you don't have the like energy motivation lack of apathy to go ahead and change anything about your reality so like uh, you know with pain it's like whatever's hurting me every instinct in your body is like get away from this whereas like depression it's like i'm depressed i for sure need to just lie down in bed and not do anything about this you know what i so mean i think to me i i think the first step is 
deciding to fight and then it's you know it's every cliche in the book it's one fight one one foot in, uh, in front of the other one punch at a time and uh hopefully over time it, a couple things happen one is momentum kicks in where you start having success and then success kind of builds on itself or if like you even just start with like the little goals and you start you go oh shit look at this i'm not a piece of shit i can actually do something but i think until you make the mental decision of hey i'm i'm, I'm gonna fight hey like i'm overweight but you know what i'm gonna take this step in the right direction there's no way out. Like the first step is going, Hey, I'm going to fight this. And I think once you do that and then you can start taking steps in the right direction or trying to develop a plan, whatever it is, I just think life is about struggle. And if you accept, Hey, I've got to struggle with this and you choose to fight. That's like when you start kind of clicking out of it. Whereas when you just decide, when you just accept defeat, you know what I mean? That's to me, depression is literally the body's pain mechanism for accepting defeat because we're not supposed to do that. I, I guess, but there is and something so that feels so good. No, it doesn't feel good. It, yeah, it it's does. Like, well, it, it, it's comforting and reassuring, like no, a warm it, bath. No, I think it's the opposite. That I want to slip my wrists in. Where, what? <laughs> I think it's the opposite where, like, we, we take, you kind of want to be lazy and you kind of want to do things that are comfortable but aren't necessarily productive. And so the body's pain mechanism in terms of making those decisions are that you actually feel depressed and that's your body kind of letting you know, hey, this, this, is, this isn't fulfilling. Opting out isn't fulfilling. That's why, like, rich people or, you know, trust fund kids that they don't like, they're, they're not struggling with anything. They end up just being bored and then they end up being depressed because, the, like, the, it's the way we're wired. We're wired to struggle. We're wired to fight. And if you try and opt out from that, you can't avoid boredom and depression. That, that to me, is literally the pain mechanism for opting out. Uh, I guess, but, like, there is a certain sense of, like, all right, so like with that exact example, right, of yeah. pain. If you if your hand catches fire, you pull your hand away. You're yeah. telling like I don't I get what you're saying in the sense of like yes, that like when you feel apathy, you get depression, but like you know, there is a certain sense of like well, your life is already fucked. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there's tons of rich people who deal with that, but there's also a ton of fucking people who are like, you know, downtrodden and like living, you know, straight up homeless people who are very depressed. And it's like, I don't see how depression helps them to like get better in any way, shape or form. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as a universal, um, as like a universal, uh, uh, instigator of like change. You know what I mean? Yeah, so let, let me just rephrase what you're saying, because I, I think it's a fair criticism that essentially, if I'm comparing it... Okay, so firstly, maybe... All right, l- let me just phrase what you're saying first, that if it was... If pain mechanisms are to keep us from, uh, you know, from, from engaging in destructive behavior, so why is it that this one can kind of, like, keep you doing the painful thing? Exactly. Yeah, so I, I think in the same way, sometimes even with your body, like your pain, like that's why people need to take painkillers is like their pain mechanisms become debilitating. Like in other words, even like with your back, like you can have back pain that's kind of letting you know, hey, I got to stop sitting in, in, in chairs all day or slouching. But then you can get to the point where you did so much of that your back's just fucked and you're in pain all the time. And now the pain mechanism is not even helpful because you can't, you can't solve the problem. So I'm just walking around in pain, which that could be what debilitating depression becomes where it's like you need medication because you got to be able to tone down the sensation because the sensation symbol is broken. Um, in which case it actually becomes more of a true comparison. And then it, it, it's a little bit away from what I was going from, which is, Hey, I don't really think you need those meds or, 
I don't even I don't think that this is like a real full fledged thing, but maybe it does get to that point where that where it is absolutely one hundred percent overwhelming pain to the point that it's not helpful. Uh, but I think at its root, and I think it's true to the example, depression is basically it, it is a pain mechanism to try and force you to decide to opt into life and to struggle and to try and make improvements. So if anything then the the like the pharmaceutical solution is a short-term solution to a long-term problem, right? So yeah. it's it'll get you to a point where you will be able to at least start taking that first right or step least, and get, throw get that first jump punch. Started. It's like yeah. I think the best example for that kind of thing it's a, it's a little bit like taking steroids. I think if you take these things like short-term you can probably get a boost. Like if you take steroids to overcome an injury, I, I kind of get that, but then you see these people, it's like you take them and then you need them forever because your body stops producing testosterone. Um, this is something I, I we're going to get to a little bit later, but I actually take comfort in this. I find in life, there is no winning. I found that like I used to in life really romanticize, like I, I, I'd be afraid to like, for example, commit in a relationship because, oh, if I'm, if I'm in it, not that I've dated in the last five years or been in a relationship, but conceptually I would be fear of the, the fear of missing out. Hey, if I'm in this relationship, what's that other thing that will never be able to come or be because I'm with this person. Whereas now I kind of accept it. There really is no winning in life. You kind of like, there's no free ride. You only get what you work for and you earn for. If you got it for free, you're not going to enjoy it anyways. And so I kind kind of like take comfort in the fact you make like I learned this from gambling dude you go to a poker table or in my case craps and sometimes you gamble and you lose but you made the choice to gamble and you walked away and you lost and I feel like everything in life it's kind of that risk reward ratio there's it like a yin and yang element and like literally there's no there's no winning the only joy you will get in life is the things you worked hard for and earned Otherwise, you won't really experience joy. And if you choose not to work, like if you always go for what's easy at the end of the day, you don't feel fulfilled. And there's like an aspect of depression that kicks in. And I feel that also with like the medications. Sorry, I I feel like you had something to say there and I'm rambling. Not at all. Oh, okay. I feel that that's also true with the medications that like, for instance, like um, the Adderalls and that kind of shit. In my experience, you burn through a lot of, like, your focus when you take it. Like, I can take Adderall for two days, get a lot out of it, but then I have to spend a day where I'm basically depressed because I think you just burn through a lot of your adrenaline. You burn through your dopamine. It's like those chemicals would burn evenly in your brain, but you flared them up all at once. I think it's the same with booze. It's like you burn through some of your good chemicals, and then all of a sudden when you're not on it, and then here's the other thing. But it, you're back, just hitting the Nas, doggy. Yeah, you're hitting the Nas, but at some point that doesn't work forever. <laughs> and then the bigger problem is you can't you run on just Nas. <laughs> you become reliant. Yeah, you can't fill your gasoline tank with Nas. You can hit it once, but it's the same thing with uh, it, 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 it's like it's like taking steroids. Like you don't want to become dependent on this shit because then you need it forever. Um, you, you want to kind of figure out how you can rely on your own. So the same would probably be true conceptually for you know depression pill that if you take it short term to start figuring out some better habits, which I used Adderall for. I really did use Adderall for that. Like I, I would take it in the short term to kind of click out of my old brain process and just develop better habits. But at some point, if you can wean yourself off of that and just keep the better habits, then you, then you're on the path to success. Couldn't, Couldn't agree, agree more. With you more there you go. We could we could say it in concert. Um, now here's the next one. OCD, oh, anxiety. So unlike depression, which I said I feel is like just the uh, brain's kind of pain mechanism for giving up, I find anxiety more than anything else is the, um, it, it's a sensation in your brain when you just don't see a path to victory. 
it kind of is like be, I, I've both been very anxious and I've been very depressed. I find depression is like the worst, the worst of those two things. Anxiety kind of preempts depression. Anxiety can turn into depression where you get so overwhelmed by being anxious all the time, you want to give up, and then that's when it turns to depression. But I find generally speaking, anxiety is that in any situation, any time in life, like even a social situation, you just don't see a path to winning, and so you start feeling anxious because like you don't see you don't see a forward path. That's basically what I define anxiety as. You you're supposed to have anxiety. I think sometimes anxiety it can be helpful, but sometimes it can be overwhelming if you allow it to be crippling and you give up. But if you can kind of go, hey, this is a this is a faulty sensation um, that it's trying to ramp up. I feel like you guys are like staring at something both together. It's making me a little nervous. Something like it's almost like the look of uh, no, just a hot chick. Oh, who's the hot chick? Uh, can we pull her up on the screen. Yeah, sure. I mean, not, she's like not even that hot, but you know, not even that hot. I mean, come on. She's 19 and she's a she's a she's a MMA champion. I mean, listen. It's pretty listen, hot, dude. If she was my girlfriend, I would parade her to every single place I've ever <laughs> gone in my entire life and go, "Hey, look at this hot chick I'm banging now. Isn't this incredible? Every office I walked into, I'd have a picture. I'd wear it around my I'd wear t-shirts and go, "Hey, who's this t-shirt of? Oh, that's the hot chick I'm banging." But in terms of, "Hey, I'm pulling up a hot uh, hot uh, no, a hot it, picture of a chick." I mean, she looks like uh she might have down syndrome or something. Like a hot Asian chick who walked through a Down syndrome machine and then came out that that side a little downsy. That's still a way bigger <laughs> improvement on your love life. <laughs> oh my God, Yosef is here. Woo! Yosef is here. All right. Well, we're not even close to. We're about to take a call, but you know, send him. Is the guy that was calling in? Is he on the? Is he on the horn? No. Oh, he hasn't even called in yet. No. Okay. Well, let, let's. Yo, Yosef, can I, can I finish up this topic or just come in? It doesn't matter. We've been all over the place. Yosef, you want to head in? Yeah, yeah, come on in. All right, I'll turn this mic on. This incredible. Back in action, in studio, none other than the Yussel himself. You look, by the way, you look you look good. The glasses, <laughs> the beard. Amazing. I mean, your outfit, your, the your outfit is more homelessy than Harrington's dress, but I'm saying in the face, you look well, distinguished. Tell him to speak talk, to the mic. You got you to talk like to the mic. three trades behind on the Cespedes jersey. Uh... <laughs> By the way, if you, if you're feeling terrible, we're doing a whole episode on depression. So you came to the right place, buddy. We're we're covering the I've ins and it. outs. I've made it. I've, I'm I'm depressed now. So okay. Well, there you go. Well, you know, you don't have to bum out our listeners. We're trying to offer solutions. We're not just saying that we're depressed. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm at the beginning <laughs> stages of this whole depression thing. So uh, oh okay. Uh, I might need the help. Well, lucky for you, me and uh, Harrington are experts. We'll we'll talk you right out of it. Yosef, can I can I just get you to go to the uh, the far mic actually? All right. All right. Thanks. Oh, oh, good to be back. Why? Is I think it, the last time I was. Wait, here, I don't think his mic is on. No, now it is. It's been it's been months, it's ever since Henry came into your life yeah, and so ruined our podcast. It. I never liked that kid. The other <laughs> two were fine. I mean, the, the other two didn't get in the way of our relationship. But then Henry came along and said, "No more. I need full attention." So it's been at least seven months. I I can't hear shit. Yeah, I don't I don't hear Yosef at all. You, I hear him just fine. Don't worry. We already told the listeners not to listen to this episode. Wait, so you try can it really... now. Yosef, can you hear now? Yeah, no, I can hear, I can so, no, go back to the other mic. But I can, I can hear you just fine. I'm all over. See, so you can really cut loose. It's our first week back in studio. We don't have our groove. I, I brought sandwiches. I'm so excited. Oh, I, I for need everyone. a I need a sandwich so bad. Wait, that's not that's, that that is not enough sandwich for everyone. Who's everyone? I, I already you mean, has, I already ate. Them. You already oh, so me me and Harrington can each eat a sandwich and a half. That's perfect. Best day ever. That's a great amount of sandwiches. I, I can't hear anything. 
You can you can't hear Robbie. I'm a fucking mess. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You just gotta. I think if you you might just have to turn. How about now? Up. Oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. There, there you go. go. All right. All right. Yeah. I, well, who else do I need to bring for? Welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Feldstein. Thank you, thank you. It's it, back from a seven-month hiatus, <laughs> at least caring for a big dick baby. The thing is, yeah. I've, I've still been involved. No, no, right? you've been calling in. It's been yeah, great. Here and there. Also, and, we've been but, summer porch touring. Yeah. And I'm a little, I feel like I'm owed an end of the summer porch tour podcast on your porch. Sure. It's going to have to be a fall event. We're going to have to retheme it. Okay. Maybe like a pumpkin picking and we'll make we a pumpkin pie. Dude, the fireside chat. We'll just start a no fire in his front chats. yard. <laughs> <laughs> no bonfires in Mike, Yosef's new Mike, house's front yard. Mike, you're still looking for a place to live? <laughs> <laughs> He's hoping if he burns down your house, maybe just the basement Ashes. will survive and he'll get a couple months undisturbed. Squatters' rights. Squatters' rights. <laughs> How's the house going? Is it? Uh, it's going. Okay. It's uh, yeah. It's yeah. It's fine. Any it's any gonna... other massive repairs? No. Uh, Nothing else that they sneak <laughs> past you. <laughs> Nothing. Uh. Nothing terrible in the likes of that first terrible fucking disaster of a month, week, whatever it was. Week that felt like a month. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've just been uh, chugging along. All right. And can you tell us about these delicious sandwiches right, that so you I brought in for us? So I made a meatloaf tonight, a crockpot meatloaf. Oh, fuck yeah. And I had some leftover. What kind of sauce goes into a crockpot meatloaf? So... Is it a like a tomatoey sauce, or the, you mix it up with more of like a gravy kind of ordeal? The sauce on the top, after the meatloaf itself is fully cooked, it was just like a mix of uh, like uh, Worcestershire sauce, ketchup, mustard, and some brown sugar. That's I thought nice, you like, don't toma- really use the which whatever sauce because there's usually some fish in there. Oh, you're putting me in a box with all those lousy Jews now? No, I'm I'm asking. No, they they make. They make uh, fish-free. I'm not that familiar. There, there yeah. might have been some fish stuff. Whatever. Yeah, you weren't we're, asking. We're good. You know, that, this goes just goes back to the only cooking I really did was, uh, you know, back in my parents' house. I make a good chalant. That's really one of the only dishes that I make. Yeah. But I I've just, never, I've never. I'm not familiar with chalant. I what, are you, post-op chalant. Oh, po- post-op chalant. Yeah, yeah. If for those who don't remember that episode, that's a callback to Yosef's fart spectacular and the first appearance of Mike Harrington on the podcast, where I was much, I was a much better sport about sniffing your farts. I was a professional about yeah, it. You, I was like, we're here, we got a podcast. I'm broadcasting. I don't care how bad it stinks. I'm gonna plow forward. It was Mike a pure Graham. testament of my ability to broadcast, even in the most of extreme of conditions. You were on the other side of the room no i wasn't I was right next to him i was in the room with you i was closer to him you were closer to the door Within he was minute, on the far you were, side you were i was about in the a mile middle. away mike though there's a moment in there we got to cut the highlight where you literally you i mean you really nearly threw up you it were was, like you were gagging the it grossest was, thing it was, ever it was pretty horrible now by the way the reason i brought you in there was because we sat down and i was like waiting to this episode i was all prepared and you sat and it was a closed room and you and i couldn't believe that you fought i, I literally couldn't oh, believe I, that we're in the small so, room shocked that i farted once and then i blasted about 14 no more. i don't think i even commented on the first one and then on the second I was like I was like you're gonna do this the whole episode and you're like yeah I was like well I can't be the only one in here commenting on how gross these farts are I'm not gonna like oh you ca- actually I'm not, called Mike in I'm not gonna be mind fucked into thinking that this is normal I need someone else in here who can give the play by play on how ridiculous and disgusting yeah, it is bad. and that, that was the birth of uh, of Harrington and the Yosef fart spectacular anyways back to this crock pot oh, back so, to this so that's that was just the sauce the it, meatloaf was pretty uh, I, I would I would say it's a very flavorful meatloaf. What do you cook it in? Um, what I told you a crockpot. No, no, I, I meant like 
when I used to crock no, pot it up, I mean, it would be like no, a, a certain amount of water. Was... I'd be putting onion powder in, uh, garlic powder in, all only... sorts of stuff. There was, there was Keep talking, I just essentially no liquid. But um, no, the meatloaf, uh, you'll uh, get a get a little taste of it. It's uh, It's got some onions, carrots, a um, bunch of spices, and like- A little bit of spinach? Sometimes people put a little spinach in. No spinach in this No one. spinach. Okay. But uh, I think you'll enjoy. And uh, what kind of bread? What kind of condiments? What so happened then, from there? So basically, well, we just had the meatloaf as is. But then you decide then you would our, make me a sandwich. I said, you know what? What I, a pal. I, I have this- I have this crock pot full of meatloaf. What a pal. I have these leftover. There are some hamburger buns. There are also some challah rolls. Yeah. So I did two hamburger rolls and one challah roll. Of, so you could, you know, choose and Mike could get whatever you don't choose. And What were my options? Challah roll or? Hamburger bun. I'm going challah roll. No question about it. Unless it's not of a, of a high quality challah roll. It's fairly high quality. Have you ever had a, um, a bulky roll? I had a bulky roll for the first time in Newport, Rhode Island. I'd never seen it before. And at first, I wasn't paying attention to them because they disguised themselves as a Kaiser roll. As a Kaiser roll. Like, if but they wanted a little, to. It's like, uh, but, let's step up. But here, yeah, not, oh not, my, not, not that I'm knocking is, on a Kaiser roll. I don't God like forbid. Kaiser rolls. We've discussed we know that my. And my but, you're ridiculous, but whatever, okay? We'll move on. Polky rolls, or no, bulky rolls. Yeah. Polky roll would be a good name, though. <laughs> And a good roll. Bulky rolls are kind of like the potato roll of Kaiser rolls and that they're soft, doughy. You can kind of mash it. And, Kaiser uh, roll you could also mash. No, Kaiser rolls, like, it's got the outside, which is crusty, which I don't mind the crusty outside. I find the density, the real looseness of the inside, which is almost, uh, even though it tastes nothing like a croissant, it's not really croissanty. No, that's the wrong no. way to describe it. Not flaky. you know that's how it's very that's how much together. I just don't like. A yeah, Kaiser you're not even roll. willing to yeah to give it know, a good like, breakdown. To even give a thought of what what it, what it actually it is. It just sounds it it tastes like just dryness on the outside of what I'm trying to eat, and it doesn't even hold things together that well. I'm all against so, the Kaiser roll. So but what we, was on your bulky bowl? Oh, I made, bulky roll. I made a delicious steak sandwich on a bulky okay. roll. I, I think I put some guac on there, maybe some grilled peppers, some steak. Okay. And the bulky roll, that was it. But but I was I was very impressed. I was like, how have I not come across these bulky rolls? How has no one mentioned this to me? I'm in the bread game. I'm talking about breads, and I've yet to come across these bulky rolls. And I was like, sh- I was like, extra shame on those that are eating Kaiser rolls because of how substantially better the like. I understand like maybe the the shape of the Kaiser roll was alluring to people, or like there were some prospects of the, the way. Uh, but the fact that the bulky roll exists serves all the function of the Kaiser roll at such a higher level. I think it should just it, the Kaiser roll should just be phased out no, at this point. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here! Nah, it I've never to. heard of this thing. The bulky roll? Never once. So it's, apparently it's so, northeast specific. So here's it's the not, thing: it's not worldwide. So I just googled. There be California listeners who aren't even aware of this thing. Okay, I'm going to show you something here. Yeah. I just googled the bulky roll, right? And look what came up: a picture of a Kaiser roll. Kaiser roll. Kaiser roll. <laughs> Kaiser roll. Kaiser roll. Did you mean Kaiser roll? <laughs> it's a sister, but the better looking sister. Again, um, I don't, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm fine with the bulky roll, but I'm not willing to say, uh, you all have to disband all, all blind, Kaiser rolls. All blind taste test, a Kaiser oh, versus and, bulky and every lose. day. And any sandwich, any sandwich, I will compete a bulky over a Kaiser, I think... and you will pick the bulky, and if you pick the Kaiser, I'd give you a bite of the bulky, you'd go the bike, the bulky's better. And I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, basically, I, so you brought delicious sandwiches. Hopefully, delicious. How are we gonna go out to eat though? Because we'll go out for dessert. I don't know. 
All right. Figure yourself the shit out. That's very sweet of you. I'm I'm excited. I, mean, I thought it was pretty sweet. I'm excited to eat. I come here bearing sandwiches, the the food of this podcast. <laughs> the thing that, that got this podcast this far kind of is the the lifeblood of this You could podcast. say we run on sandwiches. Yeah. Oh. You could say it's copyright. It's the bread to my politics in the middle. <laughs> Holding it all together. <laughs> Keeping the listeners' interest. Okay. Now the other oh, thing be, I wanted to talk about sounds delicious. Two sandwiches as the as the bread of a sandwich with politics in the middle. I'm a, I've seen uh I don't know who was doing this, but someone was doing um like a grilled cheese hamburger, but instead of like the grilled cheeses were the bun. Yeah, but it was a full grilled cheese sandwich as the no, bun. It, it wasn't just like no, yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I'm trying to think where else I've seen a full sandwich as the outer bread. So two grilled cheese sandwiches. Two exactly. grilled cheese sandwiches yeah. with like a hamburger. I'll say in the one middle. is just a melt. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think where else I've seen. Can you Google that? People who are making sandwiches into sandwiches, but I don't want to see any like epic meal time. Not really. You know, not, not mm. something that can't feasibly be eaten. I want to see something no, with something proper that you could actually put proportions. Your hands yeah, you know, it's one of the. I think I even sent you the the picture of it, or maybe you sent it to me, and I was shocked, and I was like, I got to get this the garlic knot one. Yes, that, that's what. Uh, what's yes, name, uh, I told my local pizza place because I love me and my pizza guy. We're yeah. good friends. That's like my new dad. I hang out with this dude. We know. I was telling him. I read about this. I think it would be good here, and he was into it, but he hasn't. He hasn't implemented it. Right. Sometimes t- it takes time. Sometimes. Yeah. You mean I got to keep? I got to keep working it. It's you like it's a like, follow up game. Yeah. I planted. The, I planted he, the he's, seed. He's might. He might be like testing it. You know, like not ac- actually put it out for production yet. Right. I got to do. I got to do it as a as a special order. No, you need to like let him yeah. perfect it so that he could actually put it on the menu. Okay. So. In this is a total ADD fest of an episode. Oh shit! And like I've said, I, I've told people at the beginning of this episode not to listen. So if they're still here listening to this one, I stand by our content. This one's on you. So what we're gonna do now do they is know that I was I was coming in. I actually said I said at the top that you would be here, right, but that so wasn't the, that wasn't the reason I said not to listen. No, no, I know. If that. anything, I plugged. People are gonna you know if they're awaiting yeah. the arrival of me. Yeah. Well, if anything, I said I plugged, hey, Yosef's going to be here. So That's super forward. cool. Like, so, yeah. And, okay. okay. But anyways, okay. we have a caller a caller inner. I'm going to call it a caller inner from oh, now boy. on. We got a caller inner who's, um. No, I, he's. He's not there? He no. just told me he's there. I don't see him. What the fuck is this guy doing us? <laughs> oh, hold on. Like, uh, ho- he uh, said He said the words, that worked. Okay. I don't. Is that, You got a VMAX open there? No. I, I don't see him. So, maybe. Can I just give you back the phone? Hold on. Let me I'll talk. Let sandwiches. me see if this works. Hold on one sec. You get the guy up. Hello? Yo, yo. Hello? Yo, is that him? Can... I hear him. He's kind of like a cholo. Is that kind you, Yosef? <laughs> you prick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to actually do work here. Uh, yeah, no, then I guess he he's... He said he's there, but it's just a blank screen. What? Uh, oh, I... Why is it so blank in here? Videos? Or hold on one sec. <sighs> Harrington, this is your big moment to show off your producing prowess. All right, give me your phone back. I'll, I'll fucking take. I'll get this guy all sorted out. This is crazy. Uh. All right. So while we try and figure out whether or not that guy does or does not exist, we can go back to what we were talking about with you. Oh, fantastic! Which is sandwiches now. We we got one or two one or two you topics. You want to try one of these? 
the problem is I have to leave the studio to try yeah, can't it. Even, can't I can't eat in here. That's fair. It, it, maybe if we're on the network, then we could say we sh- like show content. But the fact that we're off network, I feel yeah. like I'm being an asshole. I don't know. Harrington, can I can I no, eat no, it no. as show? Con- no. no, all right, no, I shouldn't. No. No, and beat, it's sloppy. It's like it's sloppy. Yeah, it's, it's a hamish. little loose. It's uh. Yeah, yeah, it's sloppy. Know, it's if sloppy. it was just you know, I don't know, something you could just pop in your mouth. Right. Fine. If it was slider side, if it was like yeah, two one bites. Bite, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows the rules. I get where you're coming um, from. So, I want to let the fans know that you found a grift in the system, a no. way that you can basically, even if you're just bored, you're not hungry. There's a way to get free food delivered right to you. Sometimes delivered, sometimes to pick up. But in either case, I'll present both. It's a, it's kind of like a glitch in the system. So let I them know. Kinda, I mean, th- this is the one thing that's getting you through life right now. It when really time, is. When it's, times it's, are tough, it's sometimes... More an, it's more of an art form than anything <laughs> else because, like, it's not even like... Yes, I enjoy the food. No, but, but it's, it's more, more that you pulled like, it off each it's time. It's more about the, like, thrill of the game. Well, you know what? You're, you're really good at... Um, I don't know what the logistics. You're very good at logistics. Uh, I wouldn't and, say I'm good at logistics. No, you're good I'm, at logistics. I think I'm good at, like, finding little quirks in no, I'm I'm thinking know. back when when you were running your cab your cab uh, airport oh. driving enterprise that was logistical in yes. which you didn't really even you know you didn't even want to take money you just wanted to run the logistics get people paid make sure that people were getting to the airport at first no, you were making money I was making a I was I was doing that was probably like my most successful venture not like that it was could have been wait, ongoing. Wait, when you were booking other people for rides I wasn't getting cut of it that's what I'm so saying so I, so like, at one point like just. Thrill of the yeah, the thrill of the of logistics. The, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You're good at logistics. So now it was, it was more about like making sure that my client base was happy, s- was well served, and even if I couldn't do it, just yeah, to get them service. Yeah, so that they always tell, tell the listeners my uh, my that game. What was the game? No, what I what. Oh no, no, it was okay. Great business venture. Great business venture. And this was before, but the problem well is before yeah. Any driving service, any Uber, any so fucking he, Lyft. Here's the, here's the problem, is that with inflation, I don't think people are going to quite understand what 50 bucks was. <laughs> but this is this already 10 years ago, probably. This was at least 15 10 years, years ago. ago, let's say. No, no. Longer than 15 oh, f- years ago. 15 years ago? Because I've been actually yeah, working and it for was 15. Like, and yeah. When we were 17 or like 18, Yosef had a great business venture, which was he would drive you to the airport in your car for 50 bucks. Now, what's great about that is that since he's driving you in your car, it's your gas, it's your tolls. Exactly. So really the actual cost of getting a ride to the airport was probably 100 bucks, but the convenience factor that it's just in your car and you don't have to deal with the cab guy, you don't have to deal with anything. And also that your car would be returned safely right into your driveway. Yeah. It was and and you know like they the let's just call it the customer, the customer could it could be at their own convenience because i'd show up at their house and then whenever they're ready to leave to the airport and this is be there this is the best part about that gig is that you established the price you said hey i'll drive you to the airport for 50 bucks this and people tipped it uh, wasn't like like usually you kind of like tip a limo guy because you assume a lot like a bunch of it's going like a cab driver most of it's going to the cab Mm -hmm. company you're supposed to tip on it so since there's a built-in all tip yes but since there's a built-in etiquette of tipping drivers People would still tip you. You might, you the might get good a, ones. The good ones. I remember there were some that like, th- there were guy, th- there were some guys that like, it was like 
there was it was not a dime over fifty. And then also sometimes they would say, "Oh, and can you fill up my car with gas on the way back? Here's some gas money." Like, but it was expected that this twenty five bucks would right. go towards gas. I'm like, what the f-? like? Th- right. Those were the assholes. Right. And I could t- I could name names off the air. But I but remember then you, you dropped those guys. clients. No, I, I continued. Okay. I, just, I, I would never say no. Yeah. Or I'd find someone else to take them. I know, right. like, okay, that one I'd want to pawn off to. You're good and bad friends. leads. I get it. You you might have even driven Been the that bad guy. one. Yeah, yeah. I think Avi actually I pawned off a lot to. There you go. That at least that guy to Avi. I remember him also doing it. But no, it was, it was great. It business. was an enterprise. And also it really it started like there was one guy in the community who was like, and it started. To go to Westchester Airport from Connecticut. Oh, which is a nothing drive. Which is like nothing, and he it was still like fifty bucks. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, Flat JFK, ride. JFK, LaGuardia, fifty bucks. Newark was seventy. Yeah, I remember. Newark's a bitch. Yeah. Um, but he basically was like, I need to get to the airport. Would you? I know that now you're driving. Would you be able to take me in my car, drive me back? It'll be fifty bucks. I was like, that sounds great. Oh, that's how it started. That's how it started. Someone One guy was like. He You're, put it yeah. out there to me. I was like, oh, I could actually run with this. I could actually like tell everyone in the community I do this. and undercut all the limo yeah. <laughs> companies and shit like that. And that's what happened. You were making money. I oh, making bang. Yeah. That's great. And that's back when uh, you were smoking weed, so you had weed know, money. And, What's and better like, than being that college kid who figured out a great way to support their, their weed uh, habit? That Amazing. that is that is being a winner at that age, and also range, yeah. when you were like that young, that like, having any money was like first unbelievable. Of all, any money, and also like you didn't. I I basically didn't, could run on anything, right? Like also it's not pure. Like I it's a pure to, profit model. You didn't really need to advertise much because it was no. word of mouth. Word you didn't of mouth have to and invest. also free advertising on like whatever. Yeah, and since you were in a real business, boards. it's not like you didn't need you didn't need insurance, no insurance or any of that stuff. No overhead. No nothing. Yeah, it was just. Just and also you? all cash business. All cash. Yeah. We didn't report one penny of that. Good thing we're good thing. Fifteen good years thing no is that the statue? <laughs> that's the that statue of limitations, right? I would hope so. Hey, do we got that guy on the uh, on the air? Did he finally call in? Yeah, for tax crimes, there's definitely statutes of limitations. The IRS has never fucked anyone twenty years after the fact. I hope not. Um, hey, have you tried the Reese's Tech Take Five? Of course. You and what, told me about it. No, no, no. I told you about the the oh, Reese's outrageous. No, outrageous. Right. It's called the Outrageous Bar. Yeah, that I tried that's on the, your... Oh, my God. That's like... The, oh, so they have a Reese's Take 5? I just experimented with tonight, and How at least the one I tried was a total miss. Ooh. But I'm thinking... Did they, like, it was, overload it too much on No, the... it was such a miss, I almost feel like I got a bad candy bar. No, that's not No, possible. no, I'm saying it was they're so... They're, like, so... They're so it, consistently... I, I'm, I, I'm telling you that this 100% tasted like... Oh, you have perfect like teeth. Stale. You've never had to see a dentist. No, it didn't taste stale. It tasted like the flavor when you get a t- your tooth drilled... And your dead tooth is hitting your tongue, and that has a very specific like cement. Oh no, 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 not even that. When you when they put the filling in, they put like cement in your mouth. That's the flavor. You get a little bit of that cementy thing on your tongue. That's, that's what, what this tasted like. It is the like? worst tasting candy. I didn't even finish it. That's how bad it was. Interesting. I took a couple bites and I moved on with my life. Do you well, remember that episode of Doug when they were putting cement into the candy bars? That that was the, that was the rumor, and then they if went to the I plant. Remembered yeah, one jack your teeth episode. up, and they were, and then they realized because the, the Reggie or whatever the guy's name with the green face, That's who racist. was the who was the evil dog, there was the evil, you know, his nemesis guy is selling all these candy bars, and Doug's like, well, what's going on? And then he finds out he's cheating because he's putting a different candy bar into the wrapper so he could sell a whole bunch of it. They're in like the Boy Scouts or something gay like that, 
And uh, so he tells him, because everyone's telling him, hey, the thing tastes like cement. So he goes to the, owner, the owner's house and he goes, hey, man, something's wrong with your candy bar. Everyone says it tastes like cement. And they go to the factory, and there's actually cement going into the candy bar. But then it doesn't become like a town outrage of, holy shit, we've been feeding people like, cement. Oh, Doug figured it out. No, it wasn't even that. I don't I don't know what happened from there. Anyways, is this guy on the phone or what? Because <laughs> <laughs> if he's not, we can go off on another tangent. Yeah. All right. So I want to hear logistics expert oh, right, right, figured right. out a new grift where you're getting So Yeah. It, it's there are two systems. I guess let's it, it's along the lines of the the food delivery and food ordering apps. Yeah. The Grubhubs, the Uber Eats, the seamlesses of the world. So um, <laughs> Sometimes companies are in a growth stage and they just want new customers. Well, I think you need to kind of like pinpoint and target like when they're like running promos. Yeah. And then you could kind of, if you see two things kind of up and running at the same time, you could like target the, you know, like combine, not even combine offers, offers, but like use one offer with a place that you know is running something else like as a standard like a lunch special okay so let's I'll, okay uh, essentially like usually grubhub is like the king of it of of this uh oh we got the grubhub's the the leader of this game okay they're like they're, they're like the best app i would say at least in in my experience and um my company like generally like if uh sometimes they'll they'll uh what is it they'll cover lunch for me yeah yeah at the office so like sometimes i'll I'll order what's your like, lunch budget if um there's no real budget it's, oh it like can't be like a hundred yeah, yeah yeah but, but like, like if you're not, ordering within reason it's not capped yeah. yeah yeah okay there was one time when like an order like it kind of like got screwed up on the charge and it, like charged like I don't know, like forty five bucks. Like, and they were like, reason. What happened? And like that was the only time it was questioned like five right. years ago. Whatever. So like I have you know, like also What do you have to do to earn lunch that they go, Hey, we'll buy you lunch today? Essentially when they when it's like demand not demanded, but like when I can't leave the office, essentially. Okay, like, so when, like, like people are on I get it. you know, like when there's some people that are out that I'm kind of tied to the desk. The desk. Like then you can order lunch. It's like okay, you could order. Like yeah, yeah and okay. we'll cover it. Um, so do you almost hope that everyone's going to be out at lunchtime? Sometimes, not yeah. even out at lunchtime. Like it's only when it's like you can declare lunch at eleven. Day. Like if they're all like, out. No, no, no. It's it's oh, only I get on it. days when like the everyone's that are... out for the day, so you have to be. You're yeah, not allowed yeah, to yeah. leave because it's not like oh, if trades. someone is out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, so yeah, and also. If you're like ordering a lot, like Grubhub at least will send more promo codes and shit like that. And like, can some, you be high volume off of just their like specials? Like, if you keep going off their specials, no, sometimes it's like, like a the, bonus round. Not, the, my like uh, scam of them, okay, isn't even tar- isn't even at like this level of the promo. Like sometimes, like if you order like two days in a row, essentially, yeah, they'll say like, oh, like we'll send. Uh, 20% off your next meal if you order today. Like okay. The second meal of the day, essentially. Like, that's what... Oh, they're really saying, encouraging like, yeah, fat yeah, yeah. fuckery. Oh, for sure. Like, they want... They know that it's, like... Hab- it's Habitual. Like, yeah. They want that you... they're, like... They yeah, want yeah. you to, like, build and, like, if for it just to become, like, rote. Yeah. Um, Isn't Grubhub owned by Seamless? Aren't they Grubhub one in the same now? Seamless. They so both they're exist, one in the, but they're... They exist yeah, separately. Exactly. 
Yeah. They exist separately, but they're this, essentially the same. Seamless Fox restaurants. Because basically, so like well, all the. Well, here, here, here's their grift. Because they got a great grift. It's the best business model ever. It's basically arbitrage on advertising dollars. And that basically, it, it's the same. I'm not going to name all the companies, but Amazon's not that dissimilar. That most people, if you're not on the front first page of Google, you don't exist. So if like if I'm mm-hmm. looking for a restaurant, for the a lot of people either they end up at Seamless because that's what comes up for delivery. Oh well, that's or the top, yeah, know. that that's in the or they've already like they're already built into the Seamless platform. So if you're not on Seamless, they're not even looking for you. Right. So Seamless is the digital equivalent of like going to the food court at the mall. In that they don't have to actually be a food court. They don't have to have rent. They don't have to have any of that. But it's the digital equivalent because everyone goes to Seamless because, firstly, they spend all the money on marketing that they can be on the front page of, like, that's part of it is being on the front page of Google. And also, they have just have the customer acquisition at this point that a lot of people will go to Seamless. But now, if you're a restaurant, plenty of restaurants will literally give you a discount if you call them directly. Oh, for you sure. You can call any of them. Like, they're, they're, the, the pizza guy that I like, he tells me, he drives me nuts. Like, I, these ad, like their customers are in there all the time. Just fucking call me up. Like, Talk you're to go- me like a normal person. You're, you're going through. I hate that. You're though. going through Seamless, and now I have to give, like, 20% of the order to Seamless for no reason. Literally no reason. 20% of my profit margin is just gone because my regular customers prefer just to go through Seamless because but their credit cards are on there. Necessarily. Well, no, because if if the guy would be buying it like you know ordering it otherwise, then they're paying a percentage to Seamless for no reason. Well, it, it's it's not it's only on top. It's not like no no it's not an losing. upcharge. Yeah, it is. No no no, there might be a like a delivery fee on right, Seamless. That's what I'm saying. No no no, Seamless takes fifteen percent of the total profits from the restaurant. Are you sure? Hundred percent sure. But uh, I think it's fifteen percent. Yeah. So like every t- like if you order a hamburger from a place, it's a ten dollar. I don't think Seamless is getting eight dollar fifty out of that ten dollars. I think they're getting a dollar fifty on top of that ten dollars. So you think a ten dollar hamburger, if you're buying it on no, Seamless, is going to cost eleven fifty? Like service charges, unless no, I think they also are getting paid out fifteen percent from the restaurant. Yeah, they definitely get paid by the restaurant. I'm pretty sure about that, which is such an unbelievable squeeze on the restaurant. I re- then. I don't know. Great business model. They're they're a digital mall, and it's basically arbitrage on advertising dollars of being on the front page of Google, and that you your business isn't going to be found unless you're listed with them. Right. But where you lose is that customers might customers that otherwise had a direct relationship with you yeah. will just go through the seamless platform for no reason. And on top of that, you can't uh, you can't price your menu differently for seamless and yeah. for other things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check this out. Bang. Seamless and services like it, Uber Eats, Caviar, DoorDash, Postmates, etc., make money by charging the restaurant a percentage of the sales price, then adding a separate delivery fee. Seamless. So they're getting it in two places. Yeah. Oh boy. Fucking everybody. Right. So you want to hear the scam? Yeah, yeah I want to hear the scam because now, now you're getting back at these motherfuckers. I'm get. Uh, I guess not really now. Oh, uh, okay. Because I might be screwing the. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're squeezing the restaurants even more. No, no, no. So listen. All right. Um. So the first part of it is. A lot of the times, certain restaurants will kind of put on like um, deals through Grubhub or Seamless um, only at like specific times of day. Like I know this one place in Stanford. Between eleven thirty and three thirty, they just have like a standard seven dollars off, and generally it's for like deliveries, right? Um, and they kind of factor in that that in, and they they also like I think. 
on their uh, Grubhub thing, there's a lot of like catering things. So I think like it's, you know, like if you're ordering thing, it's a nice thing, like $7. But the $7 off also works for pickup orders. Right. And not only do they have that, they have like a lunch special, two slices and a Coke and a soda for six twenty five. So you're and that seven dollar still off, applies. Still applies. So you're getting paid seventy five cents to eat. No, it's just free. It's right. Like they take the seven dollars off. It's not like they're and they haven't. It back. They haven't noticed that they're giving you free food. But the thing is, the at the restaurant level, they're not seeing that seven dollars off. That's oh, through Grubhub. Hub. So Grubhub, so they're seeing. Yeah. they're getting paid. They're getting paid the seven dollars, and I'm coming to pick <laughs> it up. Or I'm or I'm paying the six twenty five. Yeah, yeah. And it's for, on on their receipt. It's like okay, this guy's just picking up like so that these, special. I, these idiots don't have a minimum spend for the seven dollars. They off. haven't locked it in yet. And They're just t- idiots. And I'm not and I'm not doing it like consistently enough that yeah, yeah. it would be like you're, I, you're, you're showing bob, up you're every bobbing every and weaving. Yeah. At the same time, and also they have other stuff for. What are you gonna do one day if you show up and they literally just trap you? <laughs> like they, there's <laughs> a guy standing. This like, is the guy. This is the guy. Get him. Yeah. Um. No, it's that, so it's like, if as as I said, it's targeted for those deliveries where people are like spending like they don't know, have a, a minimum. couple hundred dollars. They fucked up for you know like getting a couple catering platters and a few pies and some some appetizers. Okay, we'll throw seven dollars off if you're ordering that for you know so, in the lunch hours. Okay, what now the what funnier they caught on yet. Yeah, was that it applies for everything? The funnier one and there some was other the, other little yeah. things where like if you see stuff pop up, you know, like you you hit it and it's. I love it's how great. Y- y- like you know y- you're like a financial trading wizard oh, who's applied his knowledge to finding yeah. mispriced foods on Seamless, where said, the deal pops <laughs> up and it's like, oh my god, get gold, it, get it, buy, yeah. buy, buy. <laughs> gold is trading at ten dollars. It dipped. We got it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's essentially like yeah. because you got that eye. As, I, as I've told you, sometimes I'm not even hungry. Sometimes you I just even see had it. something yeah. like you know, like it, and it, you know, I'm like, you know what. I have 20 minutes to go drive there. <laughs> Why the fuck not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's free. Now, tell me about the delivery oh, one, because that's this, even funnier. This is the one I told you. This was, this I kind of felt a tiny bit bad. This one was through Uber Eats. And as I was saying, kind of like t- pinpointing two different things that they're running that they that actually kind of go in conjunction or are, are allowable. So one thing Uber Eats does is... They'll also have a, a rotating kind of pop-up um, thing. It refreshes every five minutes. So you have to, like, kind of jump on it. Or And most restaurants kind of, like, s- stay static. You need that um, high, high-frequency trading. But uh, it's essentially, they'll put up at the top, like, usually there's a delivery charge. But if there's, like, a restaurant that, like, maybe already has, like, a delivery out and they want to, they wanna like, tag t- d- get, like an extra delivery with one of their guys picking it up in the same area, it'll, it will, you know, chop off the delivery fee. Okay. So, like, usually it's, like, $5 delivery fee, but, like, every five minutes it'll kind of refresh the restaurants that are offering It's like Uber delivery. share, but for your food. Exactly. Okay. Um, because somebody's already driving the route, so, like, if you can get this while they're driving the route, right? free like, delivery. It's, it's great for the restaurant. It's a win for them. Yeah. It's a win for you. It's a... Probably a loss for the driver because right. they have to do two deliveries. They have to do a second and, delivery, yeah. Um, but then when that is, when you could find something and there's generally like not a minimum for yeah. food, Uber Eats also will run sometimes like just 
Coupons. Well, 50% off. Um, Which Uber, mu- they must be paying for that. No, they're, they're yeah. fronting it. 50% off the order up to $10 or something like that. Or even like, I think there was like one summer Friday thing. It was like $15 off flat. Right. You know, like if you order up to, it's just free. And if you're getting the free delivery, everything, it, it just like, when you add it to the thing and it like so what are some like what are some it. items that you basically just had brought to your office it completely like the, for free not even to my office to my home there was one day i was at home <laughs> and you're just like and i was like bored and like, like well what can i, I just, just get like for free exact that was exactly Harrington, it. are you taking notes on this by the way yeah of course dude i'm always looking for scams there you yeah. go uh, and i'm just going through i'm like we should get him to call in uh to realize podcast on this do they do call-ins for that, or people just write them in? No, but if you write it in, you'll uh, if you write we'll get it a in, shout out? yeah, you'll you'll get a shirt, doggy. We'll get a shirt. What I about mean, a shout out? Can we get a can we get a podcast plug? No. So what you could do is, well, I want the shirt. All right, I want the free shirt, obviously. I mean, I don't think you're going to want it when you see it, but... Um, oh, it says scam that Jew, right? No, it just says scam that, and then the back is a big nose. Oh, oh nice. It's pretty funny. I want one of those. Yeah, he's um, into it. That'd you can great. only get that if you win. We're there to synagogue. Uh, <laughs> so if you... Uh, yeah, just uh, send in some of these scams to realizeofficial at gmail.com and well, I don't, just I don't want, throw the... You don't have to write it, it up. Be, no, no, I don't, you don't want it to be it known. Up. I've already written it up to you in text, so like... You don't, wanna, that, you don't want it to be known. I don't known. want them to be catch. You don't want to blow up your spot. But yeah, I've see, I've like gotten just like is as simple as like an egg and cheese right. sandwich for five bucks. Right. I'm like, okay. Well, you know, everything is, is is covered, and it's just gonna come to my door, and the driver will probably be pissed off, but whatever. Now, this is the problem with doing podcasts out of order: is that Yosef just cured depression for us. The answer is finding free, free food, food scams delivered right to your house when or, you're bored, or restaurants that you could literally walk in. You just get it delivered for free. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's even more fun because then it's almost like robbing a bank where you're like, are they really going to hand this to me? And they actually hand it to you and with a smile because they're getting paid. Because they don't even know. Okay. Yeah. But now we're going to go. They don't even know that it was was 0.0. We're going to go. We got a live pharmacist on the phone to ask all of our medical questions to. Uh, Harrington, is he actually there this time? Oh, no. I was going to call him on my phone. Uh, Here, I'm going to pop it up against this mic. Jacob, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a chaotic podcast, and uh, I'm 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 actually not going to edit this one at all. We're going to put it out as is, yeah. scatterbrained and everything, warts and all. Um, so, firstly, is uh, you know, pharmacist is kind of a weird gig because when when I was a kid, I figured pharmacists were the same as like every other store clerk that you meet, but then you find out later in life that's a damn good job. It used to be. Oh, now <laughs> they, they fucked you guys. How'd they fuck you? Um, it just is not what it once was. Um, it used to be a real great job, and the bar to get into the profession was really low. Uh, nowadays, you do have to have, uh, it's a doctorate-level program, so you're in just as much student loan debt as the MDs, but you're not quite making MD money, and the work environment has gone downhill uh, like a rocket sh- like a rocket ship. <laughs> right. Well, that's rolling down a hill. That's probably you guys. Said. Yeah, you guys have probably been squeezed by the fact that there's no, like I even remember as a little kid kind of going to a local pharmacy, and then at some point we ended up at a CVS. So I imagine, I, I mean, it might. I, I don't know if it's cheaper for consumers or not. I can't really comment on that. And I, I would also imagine that they're definitely you have less of the personal relationship and service aspect. Uh, but I would guess that you know being at a Walgreens, a CVS, or any of those kind of jams is not. 
is not the same experience as being at that local kind of high-end pharmacy and, you know, the, the pay that might come with that gig. Yeah, they're completely different now. They're just, I mean, it's a whole different business model because your average independent pharmacy, and I work for one of those as well, um, is just running a, a different type of business. They can't compete with Walgreens or CVS. They can't get drugs as cheap as Walgreens or CVS. And the companies that actually own the insurance, the middleman, that company is owned by CVS and Walgreens too, so they're squeezing the reimbursements to all the independents. So if you're running an independent pharmacy, a lot of times on most medicines, you can lose money on the prescription, and you're hoping to make it on that person buying something over the counter or some vitamins or something like that. Like That's why you see so many of the independent pharmacies pushing you know, nutraceuticals and vitamins and all these supplements, because that's where their real margin and making the money is. And the prescriptions are just to get people in the door. Wow. At that point, you might as well just get into the gas station game. That's basically that. You know, you lose money on the gas, but you hope people come in and buy a soda. See, I, I lean that way anyway, because I just, I'm like, I don't get the point. Like, you know, your little prescription, this piece of paper here, your permission slip is what makes you not a felon, as opposed to getting caught with the drug without the permission slip, you know, like... Yeah, well, make it like the ABC store. As far as I'm concerned, I should be here as an expert. You can ask me questions. Yeah, don't take all that. It'll kill you. <laughs> Give me your driver's license. Go on. Have, have a nice day. Right. So let's get into the weeds on this a little bit because I, I was curious because it, it did sound like you, you had some real expertise with this stuff. So basically, I just tweeted out a joke, which was there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about taking um, – the beta blockers and the SRIs, and that they haven't done a lot of studies on the long-term health effects. Uh, and, uh, you know, in my experience with shrinks, um, well, there's a couple things. First is they're very anti-smoking weed and drinking alcohol. They're also very quick to kind of diagnose people as being anxious or depressed. They like using this thing called the DSIM, which is just this giant handbook of disorders that you could theoretically have. They use these check. Yep. They, they use these checklists that come from the pharmaceutical companies that are looking to push pills. And every year they try and get it that if you select less things on the checklist, you get diagnosed with the disorders. Um, and it's kind of a racket for for moving product. And now what they're finding out is on a lot of these products that they're prescribing to people and that they've been pushing to people and they're keeping people on, uh, not only are there already noticeable health side effects, but they don't even have studies on the long-term health benefits. And so what I joked is taking this shit, if it's bad for your health, you know, just go back to drinking. It, it's been around for a long time. It's worked for a lot of people. It's got its ups and downs. But at the end of the day, if you're looking to self-medicate, I guess the idea that these pharmaceutical companies have come up with the better option uh, isn't necessarily true. And how now is where you come in, where you can actually, that was just me pulling some bullshit out of my ass, which is all I ever do. And now you're actually here to kind of back up my storyline a little bit with some real hard science. Yeah, that's a that's a whole lot there, but I do like <laughs> parts of what you're hitting. Parts of what you're hitting on uh, your whole racket to push a product. That is a big part of it. Um, I like to tell people, look, I have all kinds of drugs behind me, and every single one of these drugs, even the ones I fucking don't like, has a place in therapy somewhere. Now, does that mean that everything that's going out my front door is correct, safe, or <laughs> even uh, appropriate? Um, that answer is no. And the sad question is, where does that percentage lie? Is, is it a 50-50? Am I doing as much good as I'm doing harm? Or is it worse? Yeah, and you're also... I feel it's probably on the worse side. And you're in and a tough... 
you're in a tough place because while people can consult with you and you can give your expertise, you're kind of um, like, I'm not going to, people like, if my doctor gives me a prescription and then I show up and the pharmacist goes, hey, let me make another recommendation, we've kind of all been trained to go with the doctor. Um, so that kind of puts you even in a tough place where you can offer expertise and, and make a recommendation, but you're almost like the guy at the gym when you see someone with bad form and you're like, am I going to annoy this? Or it's like, you know what I mean? You kind of become the corrective guy. Yeah. So patient counseling is a big thing of what I do and you, you have to pick your spots. You're, you know, you're trying to do the comedian thing. You understand where you, you can read an audience, you can read a person, um, so there are people Actually, that are more receptive to your help, and there are people that are not. And you just learn to go about it. I mean, I right. have people that don't trust their doctor at all. And, you know, they come to me or they, you know, I have personal friends that will call me before they ever take anything their doctor prescribes just to check it out with me. So, it, you know, it goes both ways. It kind of depends on the person. Um, I will tell you, like, a sad story. That, not a sad story, but... so It's a depressing I, episode like anyway, so... ended questions. So, like, I don't try... I try and ask you things that you can't answer yes, no. Okay. So, like, I, I had a young girl come in one time, and the doctor had written her prescription for, you know, a common antidepressant, an SSRI over the counter. And so one of the things I would ask is, you know, how did the doctor tell you to take it? That way I know she actually tells me how she's going to take it. And I would ask, what did the doctor tell you, you know, this is being used for? And a lot of these drugs have multiple uses, labeled and off-labeled. And she looked at me and said, well, it was just great for everything. Like that—that that has stuck with me in my head for years. Right. So <laughs> that's a good example of the whole racket just to push pills. If just you, yeah, the doctor was like, "Here, take this. It's gonna, you know, it's a multivitamin. It's gonna help you with everything." So tell us. Let's take it one step at a time. So, firstly, I guess there's two different categories of things that are, um, you know, that they'll give you if you have uh, anxiety or if you have, uh, um. If you're depressed, so it sounds like the SRIs are more meant for depression and the beta blockers are more anxiety, right? Uh, beta blockers are actually mostly used for heart conditions. They will use them for anxiety or panic attacks because the way they work is by slowing your heart rate down. So if someone's heart starts going tachycardic, their heart is beating too fast, a beta blocker brings that back down. If your heart's not beating as fast, that'll also bring your blood pressure down. So it's mostly used for those types of situations. But you'll see psychiatrists and um, some doctors use it as, like, for public anxiety and things like that. Because by slowing your heart rate down, you kind of fight back against that panic response. And so what are, like, some of the—maybe you're not allowed to share this with us, but, I mean, off the top of my head, I guess, are, are, like, isn't Xanax a beta blocker or— what was the old one? My, my grandma still has it. Like, b before Xanax was around, there was the— uh, uh, what's like the real classic one they used to give old ladies? Prozac. No, Pro Prozac's around too, but Prozac's no, no. There's... Are you thinking Valium? Yes, oh, Valium. Yeah. Valium, dude. So, Valium's great, man. I, I once took one with her, and then I was drinking. Oh, Valium's so good. Yeah, pe people love that class of drugs. They're kind of like the Quaaludes that, you know, Quaaludes they took, took off the market, but the Benzos are, are, are that type of thing. Um, Valium, you just sold me. I haven't been taking them. <laughs> Say again? I, I said, you just sold me. I haven't really been messing with the uh, with the Benzos, like, ever, but the fact that you just, like, told me that they're similar to Quaaludes and I just see Wolf of Wall Street playing in my brain, <laughs> I'm like, give me some of those fucking Benzos right now. Yeah, they're not quite that good, but I would say they are they are the most commonly abused medication in America. 
when it comes to just people just getting fucked up on them. For I no, heard I've, you know, I've real reason. The, I guess the reason why I've actually you know I've said I'm I'm trying to have a long term relationship with my uh, alcoholism, um, which is try you know I, I don't push it too hard. I really I'm in it for the long run, and I've heard that with the uh, with the benzos you get a bit of a problem of blackouts. And I'm actually I'm not a blackout drinker. I've only, I think I've only had maybe one or two experiences ever that I like you know kind of blacked out. Uh, and I've heard that once you start blacking out from drinking, it becomes a, like significantly more frequent. That just becomes kind of your brain's natural response to drinking, and it happens sooner. Uh, so my concern with parting with those with that class of drugs is I don't want to uh, teach my brain to black out. I don't I don't I, I like you know why go out and have fun if you're not going to remember it. Uh, this is true. Mixing any of these things, alcohol and the benzos, are both going to be CNS depressants, and they're going to have an additive effect. Um, you can add once again. You're selling me. <laughs> same thing. So now, now you're stacking all types of things, and you're yes, you're having more fun, but you're also increasing the risk of falling over the cliff. The devil is always in the dose. I like to tell people, I was like, look, a case of Natty Light and a bottle of Vicodin will kill you, but a natural light. One beer and one Vicodin is just a great Kenny Chesney concert. Absolutely. I actually, I'm not a big fan of Vicodin, but Percocet, dude, a Percocet and a beer, go beat that combo. You know, come back here and find me the better drug combination than a Percocet and a beer. Okay, so tell us, so now that we're in the the benzo class, can you tell us some of the... Uh, what, what are like the big problems in terms of like if my, if my doctor prescribes me with Xanax, so you, you know, you're not attached to any pharmacy, but it just in terms of your expertise, what's the dangers of taking that, you know, on a daily basis? Uh, the biggest danger is probably the fact that it's so addictive. Um, and you know, you got to realize I've watched so many people just get themselves hooked and it's, it's very sad to watch. And I've watched, you know, I've watched them lose their crap, you know, uh, especially when the doctor cuts them off. It's not a pretty sight, and it always happens at the pharmacy, never at the doctor's office. You know right. I mean? Oh, right. You're you're there when they still show up, and they're like with the fake piece of paper like a kid, you know, showing up with the fake note kind of thing, or them just screaming, hey, my doctor forgot to send this in, but I need it. I absolutely need it, and you got to cut them off and really deal with that, and that's a really ugly, ugly sight. It's a very ugly situation, and it could also involve some type of legal liability for that pharmacist, you know? Yeah. Uh, Now, you can't just, no matter which way you go, that's the sad thing. Like, even if you were worried this guy was going to go into withdrawals and worried for his health, so that's why you gave him some without a prescription, you can get as much trouble for doing that as you did for not giving him something, and then him having an issue winding up at the hospital and then suing you for malpractice. Oh, so how how do you guys cover your liability on that? So, like, in other words, if you think a prescription isn't real and a guy shows up and then leaves and let's just say, let's go with the most theoretical guy shows up to pick up an antidepressant or an anxiety medication. You think his prescription's fake and you go, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I need your doctor to call in. Doctor's unavailable. Guy goes to kill himself. Family wants to sue you for not actually giving him his medication. Is that a theoretical thing that you guys would have responsibility for? Yes. That's now terrible. The, uh, that is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, in the in the law changes depending uh, depending on you know if there's a difference between benzodiazepines are controlled substances, so the DEA is involved. Um, the laws for giving them out are different. You know, I would never 
you know, if someone came in and they were short on their Prozac or one of the SSRIs or a normal antidepressant, I'm not, I'm not worried about the liability of giving it to them. I'm more concerned with the liability of not giving it to them. Right. But once you get to the controlled substance part, and the DEA will come in and take your damn license for anything they see wrong, um, you, you know, at that point, I can't give you anything without a prescription, you know? Right. I do have people come in and ask for samples all the time, and I'm... <laughs> Samples. Samples. Is that a real thing? Hey, I thought maybe I would just do better in life with Prozac. Can I try a couple of those? Yeah, the doctors sometimes get samples. I mean, that's how right. this whole thing works. Is you know, the doctors are being being sold. They have medications that they stick to. Um, but the thing is, I like to tell people, you know, if you take their prescription pad away, wh- what do they got? I mean, really? Yeah. Like trying to go to a doctor's office and just you know, when he takes out the prescription pad, be like, no, nah, let's something else first let's see how long that conversation lasts right they don't have time to talk to you and there are good doctors who can actually recommend other things or other types of therapy before moving on to drugs but 90 percent of my prescription volume isn't from good doctors right and i gotta and i gotta tell you from from every experience i've had with these people in terms of like you know them wanting to make prescriptions they've never once like they never once asked me hey what's your diet and sleep schedule like which I bet for like, you know, 70% of some of these cases, if they heard it, they'd be like, okay, so listen, I need you to start going to sleep at this hour and not eating those foods at this time of the day. After you do that, come back to me in two weeks. And if you're still depressed, we can talk about a medication, but they want to write they, like, that's the truth. They want to write you prescriptions. The other thing that you're, which is kind of funny that you're saying with the, uh, with the samples is that when it comes to, you know, cause I've been prescribed the ADD meds. And they have a terrible system because, firstly, you have to go through them in order to get the medication, uh, but it's a guessing game. And their model for trying to figure out which of these chemicals will work best for you is, hey, go take this, and if and if it's working, let's go with it, and if it's not, come back, see me, I'm going to bill you again, and we can try something else for a couple weeks. And you're like, well, if the model is I take it, and then if it and then if it works, like, you're not really offering me a lot of insight here. You don't really have a very scientific method where it's like you apply it to my blood and you go, hey, this is the match. Your method is I'm going to prescribe it, you're going to go take it, and you're going to let me know how it's working for you. Well, then I could probably cut down six months of experimentation if I could get one of each one of these pills and just see what kind of vibes with me best. The answer for me is dexedrine. If you have some, we can talk later. Um, but, you know, I could have avoided taking uh, the Vivance and discovering that the slow acting, firstly, does not work for me. It makes me really pissed off. And that also that the uh, I, I know that there's like the two salt chemicals. That goes, I think it's like the D and the I or whatever. And I just like the D. The I fucks me up. It makes me anxious, makes me angry. I want that D salt. That D salt makes me real, gets me real in the zone. Whereas, what, help me out with this, because I don't really remember this. You got your methamphetamines and your amphetamines. Your methamphetamines, I think your amphetamines is like your Adderalls. Your, your methamphetamines is like your, uh, your Ritalins, right? So the actual the Adderall brand name is what they call a mix of amphetamine salts. Right. So it's two different kinds in there. Ritalin is, tech, is called methylphenidate. And a lot of these other brand names are just random derivatives of that. Right. Um, and different ways to make them controlled release or enantiomers of one another, which is a whole other level of chemistry class that you know, right. I can get into you with, but that's not something probably you want to go to. Um, so there's just slight differences between them all. Really just enough for them to get another patent so yeah. they can go push another brand name. That was the big um, thing with, uh, and and then and also sometimes like the like dexedrine, which they weren't prescribing because it's essentially just speed. 
Um, they just released like a new one, which is the slow release formula. Dexedrine you can get for like a dollar a pill. It's nothing. It's the same with like the Adderall. You can get the generic, but then they create the Vivance, which is just the slow release of the thing that already exists as the generic. Believe me, yeah. your doctor is going to try and prescribe that to you first. I don't really understand the way the kickback model works there, uh, but you're not really getting anything better or that hasn't been around for a while. They just want something with a patent so there isn't a generic. That's how they market it all. And, I mean, a lot of times these companies manipulate those patents just to try and extend the life. Ambien's a good example. Back when it was brand name, Ambien made a ton of money getting everybody hooked on Ambien. Dude, Ambien? No drug in the pharmacy has caused me more grief than motherfuckers hooked on Ambien. <laughs> so, I mean, and what they basically did was they ran that patent out. So as soon as it came time where you could make a generic Ambien, then the company came out and said, oh, wait, we've got Ambien CR, controlled release. And, you know, they would do these bullshit studies showing, really, I mean, just, I mean, they're just spudging numbers to get some type of statistical significance that they can throw up at a dinner to try and convince these guys to switch everyone over to the CR from the regular. And that's how they, and that's how they keep their, uh, their patent life, try and extend it. All right. You know, and they get, they give them coupons and samples or whatever, and they try and switch everybody over. And that way, you know, even though there is a generic, all the new scripts that are coming out are written for the CR and you're stuck paying the brand name. So let's go, let's just get back to the topic here. So what we've seen as being the worst of the, uh, the, uh, the, the benzos is just that you see that there's a real physical addiction, uh, in terms of just like, uh, from health or like other standpoints, other than like the, just being, you know, people being dependent and addicted to it, uh, you know, do you find people function worse over time if they're taking it and that they're just addicted to it, or are there actually health ramifications from taking that shit for a long time? I mean, there's definitely some health ramifications for taking it for a long time, and even just taking it at all, you're lowering, lowering your seizure threshold. You know, there's a variety of things that are going on there. Now, if you need a Xanax every once in a while, or an Ativan, Lorazepam, these are the same drugs in the same class with slightly different half-lives, how long they hang around, that kind of a thing. The occasional use, I'm, I'm fine with. That's exactly what, what they're there for. If you have a panic attack and you need to take one, you know, it's cool. It's the same reason I'm actually cool with cigarettes. They have a fucking purpose. People use them, and they work. Like, When's I, I want people to go smoke cigarettes, but you know what? I've been driving 12 hours to Florida, and that's the time in my life where I was like, now is the time to smoke a cigarette because the benefits of staying awake definitely outweigh the risk of this one cigarette yeah no i get that i i i smoke about a pack of cigarettes a year and i'm i'm very fortunate that i can enjoy like believe me i got an addictive personality and there's some shit that like you know like will ruin me with one bite uh mostly mm -hmm. just cake it's just mostly cake and booze but anyways uh so sugar is the most addictive substance on the planet yeah nobody realizes it because you can get your fix Anywhere. Yeah, sugar fucks me up more than anything. Really, it's the absolute, it's the hardest and the worst. Okay, so now we, we've, explore, we've explored the benzos. Give us the short story on the SRIs, and uh, then we'll let you go. All right, so the SSRIs, there's a couple different ones. Prozac's probably the most common. Uh, Zoloft, another one of these brand names. They all work by being serotonin selective reuptake inhibitors. So in your brain... You have a bunch of neurotransmitters flying around. And these neurotransmitters come out, do their thing, and then they get sucked back into the cell. These reuptake inhibitors basically they put, keep a little, them out. Little plug, they put a little plug there so they don't get sucked back into the cell. They stay out there in what's called the 
the synaptic connection in between. And the theory is they're increasing the amount of the amount of that receptor there, and they think that having a having a having that depleted is what causes depression. Now, you touched on it earlier that they really don't know. That's the real dirty secret here: is brain chemistry is ridiculously complex, and to think that just plugging this one hole is solving our problems is whew, very irresponsible. Um, and you see it based on, to me, I think we're performing a grand experiment. You know, we give all these kids, we over-medicate the hell out of them, and you watch watch how it plays out across the country. You know, we're, we are performing the experiment, whether we like it or not, and we dispense more of these medications than ever before. And depression's still here. Yeah. It's no better. The and then, depression hasn't gotten any better. And I haven't looked at the numbers on this, but I, I mean, I know for a fact that a lot of lobbying goes into... Um, the manual, the DSIM, and labeling more things as being diseases and lowering those checklist thresholds. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with this thought, but the well, point is... <laughs> health, healthcare evolves from yeah. billing. All this crap evolves from billing. Yeah. So if you don't have a number you can put beside to bill for it, the insurance company's not going to pay for it, and it's never going to go anywhere. Right. I mean, that's why I do tell people we need to scrap the entire system because it's been... It's been going on for 40 years before I was even born, this gross perversion that has just grown and grown and grown. Um, and yeah. So, that, I mean, but the point is, people are selling you, they're pushing a product, and they're the biggest players in the game. So, we do know that there's a pharmaceutical lobby, and that if you really explore, like, the inner workings of it, I mean, you, you look at what's going on right now with um, with uh, with the painkillers. That company's Purdue or whatever the fuck it is. That family's finally in trouble because he actually had enough public backlash that the senators have turned on them and their, their feet's being held to the fire. But that's not new information. If you just read the Man. news, we you know what I we yeah, I, 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 you're the expert I, here. I am about as anti-opiate as anyone because they are overprescribed. Uh, the big issue is the worst doctors are writing more more prescriptions for them than ever. But this this pushback has actually gone too far at this point. Oh, I agree, a hundred percent. Do these do these companies probably owe some liability for the way that they marketed these things? Sure, but I don't think that marketing is any worse than any of the other marketing that's out there now. Uh, we they should not be allowed to do direct to consumer advertising. It's protected under free speech in this country, but it's only us in New Zealand that allow that shit to happen. Nowhere else allows the drug companies to have these commercials on TV, you know, making you look happy and then telling you about all the stuff that's going to fall out of your butt. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. it's just preposterous. Yeah. Uh, that, that is one of the things that needs to go, definitely. Right. So what, what I so firstly, I agree with you. Uh, like, the pushback's been too dramatic because recently I had a tooth pulled. I couldn't even get some Percocet. And it's like, that was supposed to be the gift. You went to see the doctor. They did something shitty. I don't like, I can get ice cream any day of the week. So it's like, you, you give me pills for seven days so I can at least get some fun out of this. And I go, okay, it was okay to go to the dentist. But the point that I was trying to make is that it's clear that there's a profit model in a lobby behind um, getting doctors to overprescribe pills and have politicians look the other way. So to think that that model only existed with the painkillers and couldn't possibly exist in things like the SRIs or the other things that we're talking about clearly isn't accurate. Um, all right. So yeah, same, model, same model applies there. And I would say what's actually the most fascinating about it, you should take a minute to look into it, is that the most of the money isn't coming like, where's all this money? Uh, crap, we both agree, a crap load of unnecessary money is flowing into the system. Where's it all? 
all going. Like, it's not necessarily going to the pharmacy. It's not necessarily going to the person who's making the drug. To be honest with you, most of that money is getting sucked up in the middle between middlemen and the insurance companies. The sales companies dudes. Pharmacy benefit, man, uh, yeah. pharmacy benefit managers. As a matter of fact, the pharmacy benefit managers were doing such a good job taking advantage of the system that CVS and Walgreens bought them because they had to because they had no choice. I they love it. Them, Sales buy people. them while they still could. And to this day, if you go back, you can read it. There's some, I was reading the Wall Street Journal article because CVS is right now in a big lawsuit with Amazon because Amazon's trying to get into the pharmacy market. And CVS is like, fuck you because they'll be your next biggest competitor. So they're pinching all of CVS's top-level people, and uh, CVS recently sued them to block those hirings. But one of the interesting nuggets that came out was that CVS Caremark, Caremark was the PBM. CVS bought Caremark back when they still could. Mm. And nowadays, CVS is like 1% of the S&P 500. They're fucking massive. They have more cash registers next to human beings with wallets than any other country company in America. And yet, 60% of their revenue doesn't come from the stores selling overpriced crap. 60% of their revenue comes from the PBM side. Just the manipulation of the price in the middle. The spread. The spread, capturing spread, man. That's what it's all about. All right, about. well, you convinced me of a couple things here. Firstly is you can take these things on occasion. Uh, taking Valium and drinking is almost as good as a Quaalude. And if I can capture a spread in the pharmacy market, I can actually start making a real income. So before I let you go, I do have some other people. Any questions you got for the pharmacist? Yeah, I had uh, one question. <clears throat> That's Yosef, uh, by the way. He's back after hiatus. So um, I think Robbie brought it up about the samples. He... A, a, a lot of those antidepressants don't. It t- doesn't it take like uh, a certain amount of time for like the cycle cycle to kind of? That's like just because they want to get you start? addicted. That's that's the shit they tell you is like, listen, you, you got to make a full like that. That, that right, I'm gonna go off on this because they do the same exact fucking bullshit with the ADD pills. Hold on, where they wait, go, the, you have to make the a lifestyle. For the well, let me, let me comment. Let me editorialize. <laughs> let me run my mouth a little bit. They did the same thing with the ADD pills where they go, hey, I need you to actually make a lifestyle adjustment here. They want they want full devotion. They want for two weeks for you to take this every day. Let me tell you, ADD pills can be very helpful. I think, if anything, maybe taking them once or twice a week and like putting all the tasks that you really can't do unless you're on them might be helpful. Taking that shit every day will make you, like, for me, and I, I definitely have ADD, made me unbelievably fucking angry. Like, I'm just telling you, you need to take a couple days off from the from the Adderalls, which they told me the same thing. You got to be on this all the time to make the adjustment and figure out, like, if this is like a lifestyle change for you. You need to take some days off of that shit so that at least your brain can kind of reset itself. And I'm, I'm willing to bet we can hear from him. I hope he says I'm 100% wrong. I bet it's the same exact thing, like, because that's what they say. It takes two weeks for this to really get into your system. I'm, I'm guessing that, like, they, they just want you fucking hooked. Okay, for for the Adderall, the Vivance, the Ritalin, the methamphetamines, Robbie, what you're saying, I'm kind of on board with. I think these things should be used as needed. You know, if you need them, great, and if not, then don't take them. Knock all your stuff out, clean your whole house, whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, specific tasks. However, for the other medications, like antidepressants um, and the SSRIs, the, the data really would indicate that if you're going to fuck with the brain chemistry, you need to give it a good long while, like two to three months. And the most dangerous, I I think the most dangerous time um, for a person that's on these medications is when they are starting and when they are stopping. And so if you're, if you're taking your Prozac, you know, a couple, 
couple on Tuesday, not taking any more, and then popping three or four on Friday, like I think you're really putting yourself at risk for uh, some of the worst side effects. And you know they have a big black box warning on these things that says, "Hey, you might think about killing yourself." <laughs> All right, th- those shouldn't yeah. be on like an ad hoc basis. Like, it shouldn't it be like whatever your prescription is. You're saying like, "Oh, you pop five, Like, it shouldn't it be like you should be taking the same thing every day. As far as antidepressants, if you're going to take one, I would recommend you take it as prescribed probably every day, and you need to give it at least two to three months. And when you stop taking it, if you do, I would want you to taper off. Because like I said, that most dangerous, think about the brain chemistry, all right? You're making big changes to your brain chemistry when you start taking these medications. And what's going to happen? Your body's going to start to fight. You fight that. You take a drug, you, you wind up growing resistant to it, right? You can drink more beer today than you did when you were 18. Um, tolerance with alcohol is very common. It happens with every drug in the world. It doesn't just happen with alcohol. And so when you're messing with the brain chemistry like that and you're just going up and down with medicine, that's not good. So consistency is key with these things. And like while I do say they're overprescribed, like I said, there is a time and a place for everything in the farm. Like, look, if you're thinking of killing yourself, if you're that depressed, you know, hey, medicine might help you. But you got to give it its good on a shot. Now, do I think the medicine is going to help more people than getting your ass in the gym and lifting some weights and working out and changing your diet and affecting these lifestyle changes? No, I think that's better. But drugs do have a place in therapy. And the reason doctors don't try any of that other shit is because they know most people won't ever do it. All right. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate some actual insight in what's otherwise an episode of complete total chaos and nonsense. Um, so uh, thanks for hitting me up on Twitter. Thanks for actually taking the time to call in to us. And uh, have a good one, dude. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. And thanks for the show. Uh, you know, enjoy the uh, free entertainment. All right. Fuck yeah. Catch you later, dude. Later, bro. Okay. So in what's been a completely chaos and out of order episode. Where's that guy from? Um... Uh, you know, I don't want to give away state. You know, did, let people be as anonymous as possible. Well, you know, it's not like you're giving his address. I don't. I don't actually know whatever. What state that's it's fine. From. But I think he's serving up the same drugs in his state as we are in ours. So I, I don't think like his information is less valuable if he was from a place called like Virginia or something. What's wrong with Virginia? What's I wrong like with Virginia. Iowa? What's I, wrong I, with I like all Wyoming? these places. I was just curious. Jesus. Okay. Well, why were you so curious? I'd like to know where these... Just to get a little context for the yeah, accent. Like the yeah, world yeah you're right. You're right. It's great, like, that this guy is... We interact with people from from everywhere. Oh, it was more that, like, that we reach. Yeah, no, no, I'm that, saying yeah. I agree with you. We should have asked where he was from. Uh, Reasonable whatever. question. Yeah, I don't need Listen, a... like I said earlier, I'm willing to admit when I was wrong. Oh, you I'm, I'm a big man. A, no, it, a it, new leaf. No, sometimes I need to research things, like the fact that potato rolls came in big sizes and they no longer do and other times i can admit you know i was wrong and this is one of the times where i was wrong okay so okay oh for two on those two <laughs> points that you brought up so i was giving uh a, a couple of my breakdowns for what i like my way of seeing some of these medical conditions and so i gave my my breakdown of uh depression which oh, yeah. i think is your body's pain mechanism for giving up i said anxiety is kind of a panic in your brain when you don't see a path to victory now, OCD to me, now, sometimes you have OCD in thinking, which is not, not like, as I repeat my words, which is hilarious. Not what I'm describing here. But I've experienced OCD where you transfer your anxiety for things that you don't have a lot of control over to things that you do have control over. 
So like you're it's really very, like yeah. you're extremely anxious about showing up late to work and like what's going to go on for the day. So you decide to check your door more times than you otherwise will. Now your door has no impact on any of that. You're just trying to find a physical place to place your anxiety because you don't really know how to process it. Where I noticed that the most was when I had a job uh, restocking vending machines. I had I I just had a lot of days where literally I got in you know at three in the morning had to be up at seven. Um, you know, and then I'm in the van all day and then I just end up eating the junk food that was in the van to get into the city to drink it. And like, I became very anxious because I understood how unhealthy my lifestyle was, even though I was young and I could get away with it. Believe me, when I was starving for lunch and then I ate whatever bullshit was in the back and I realized I hadn't eaten a single real meal in two days, you get terrible because you just kind of, you kind of know, oh my God, I'm killing myself and this lifestyle doesn't make any sense. And I'm telling you. Within two minutes of having horrible anxiety about, hey, I'm going to die because I'm mistreating my body, I would start panicking that the van doors were going to open up. And I'd be like, I have to pull over the van and check the van doors. Oh. And then I realized, oh, I, like, no, I, I just, just mentally realized yeah. I'm transferring my anxiety because I don't want to solve the fact that it's I'm not preparing. It's all about control, right? Yeah. Now, here's the next one. Panic attacks. Have you ever, have you ever experienced a panic attack? Uh, loosely. Nothing like... I don't think anything major. I've experienced two versions of panic attack. I've experienced one real major panic attack, which that's this a fun one. You'll you'll enjoy this story. Yeah. Fucking yeah. I had I I at some point I decided I was no longer I was I was done with college. Like I would I I would you know I, I failed an entire semester of classes. I stopped showing up. I was doing open mic, and I said college is not for me. I'm done with this bullshit. And then I finally got to, and I, I I was leaving my parents every house, like kind of showing up to the school for no reason, not really going to the classes, going to open mic. I was a mess of a human being. We, we all we all have our better and worse moments. Anyways, during that school break, I remember one night because I, I used to do a lot of open mics on on Third Avenue. And I really thought just to, to let you know how all in it that it, mentally I was in comedy. I remember one night I I I experimented with sleeping in a car to see if that was a lifestyle I could see myself living. I was so all in with comedy. I had one night that I reserved in my head. I was like, let's like, let's see. Maybe it's not a big give deal. A go. Let's give it a go. And I learned right away. I was like, well, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> I remember I woke up at one point. I had to pee. And you're like, well, where do you go to pee? And then at other points I, was, I woke up because people were walking by the car. I was like, okay, that's not going to work. And then I had another night where I was walking, going to an open mic. And I'm all excited because I'm like, oh, man, I'm doing this thing. And then I was like, wait, I've been doing this for like a couple of years now. And I've never made a single dollar doing this. What exactly is the path forward here? And then when it came to the end of the school, like the school break, when the, I was like, you know what? I better go finish that school thing. I mean, I, I so I literally had a whole semester where I decided, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. Failed all the classes. It's more like a global panic attack. Then a winter, like a no, 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 no. no. Oh, wait, okay. wait, wait till this specific moment. So I show up to register for classes. I wait in like... Um, there was there was a faulty error in my account where at some point they had overcharged me in tuition and they refunded me what they had overcharged me, but they accidentally put it into my account as money that I owed them. An error. Errors happen. I waited in on the day of registration. Don't I don't want to lose your focus now. Here's where the story gets really good. I wait in an hour long line because it's, it's like the first day of class kind of thing. So it's that day of registration madhouse. UNT Yeshiva University, why don't you? I also, we're not going to tell this guy state, but we'll we'll give my. (laughs) No, I went to that place. Also, it was not the same vibe as like a larger public college. I went to Queens College. I'm telling you, like, I think it's the registrar's office, wherever it was. You had to show up to a place to sometimes manually have them change classes or actually pay your bills so that they would activate your account kind of thing. So I wait in this line, and I think it's the day of classes, and I finally see 
the one guy there, and he's got a yarmulke on, and he's just a panicky dude, and he goes, listen, there's too much of a line behind you. I acknowledge that there's an error in the system. I can't take care of this right now. And I said, well, that's not really fair because I need this taken care of. It's your error. It's not my error. I waited in the entire line. It's now my turn, so it's now your turn to help me out. And he goes, well, I can't because it's going to take me too much time. There's too much line here. I go, well, when? how do I get in touch with you to make sure it gets done? He goes, well, I'm going to take care of it after this whole thing. I was like, well, then what do I do if it's not done? He goes, I will absolutely take care of it tonight. Anyway, he doesn't take care of it. And then when it's time for me to sit down and register for the classes, everything I need to take is now no longer available. I'm telling you, I had the sensation of I was having a heart. I've never been so mad in my life. I walked right to a gas station. I chugged two beers. And I thought I, you were going to say you chugged the gas. No, I chugged two okay. beers and I, I, I chewed on an entire pack of gum. And I kind of like started to like settle down. But I'm telling you, that was like literally so mad. I heard just ringing in my ears, my heart pumping at like, and I was just like, I thought I was going to die. And I chugged. But anyway, that was a true panic attack. Mm -hmm. I think that like, that's like now I've had lesser panic attacks. And I, this is, I, I, and I developed a very good tool for uh, avoiding them that I want to share with people because I think it might be helpful. Mm -hmm. I got, I got a really good trick for panic attacks. So that was like a true panic attack. That was like a true panic attack. I've had lesser panic attacks, which is when you lose, your brain spirals to a point that you can't, like you can't even function because you're just swirling in negative thoughts about things that you're like, things that are wrong with your life. That And then like, and it gets to the point where it's like, and they usually like, they don't last very long, but it's like, there's a stretch of time where you're just completely miserable and just swirling around in your brain with problems that you're facing. And here's how I finally figured out how to how to avoid that. Because I used to get I used to get them at work at my uh, at my last job, and the the reason they used to hit was that that job wasn't really suiting what I was looking to do with my life because it turned into, it it turned I I took you got too good at it. Well, that wasn't the well that wasn't the only issue. <laughs> Part of the issue was I took that job to move to the city and do stand up, and then one of the clubs I was working that was supposed to put me up like at eight p.m. while I was that didn't work out, and then it got to a point where I was just not doing stand up because I just had this full time job and I lost some of my other contacts, and I was like, okay, we got to change this up because this is not what I'm looking to do with my life. But sometimes I'd show up and I'd be like, dude, you haven't done stand up all week, and then like it would just kind of spiral out of control. So what I learned is. It's kind of like if, if your brain's like a conference room. I've learned this with, with like stand-up. you got to control the room. If a guy stands up and he heckles you, you got to shut him down right away. If you don't shut him down right away, you can lose the entire room. So I view, I view it like my room. It's, all, it's almost like I'm running like a, a town hall meeting. And I go, okay, guys, today we're dealing with we need more sales at this department. So here's what we're going to do. We're working in a sales office. And then someone in the back row goes, yeah, but you got yellow teeth and you haven't dated for a while. And you haven't done this. It's like if you start letting those thoughts come in, you lose control of the room. Or it's yeah. like a hundred voices go up like, we can't even trust this guy. This guy's a piece of shit. Hey, this guy hasn't done this in four years. Hey, this guy was eating out. on a, This guy drink. And it's like you lose the room. So what you got to do is just shut down the first thought. It's like literally you're running a board meeting. The first guy goes, hey, you haven't gotten laid in two months. You got to be like, dude, I'm at work and I'm like trying to get this project done. Like you got to like right away. The first time that thought comes in, you got to be like, hey, I'm, I'm doing a task right now. What you're doing doesn't help me accomplish this task. So, like, you, you can bring that up later. We're, we're at a board meeting right now. Mm -hmm. And then I, I filtered from that. Like, I, I came up with another trick just because, like, you, your brain can't do two things at the same time. So, you should just do, like, this mental exercise where I, like, I, this is going to sound like, completely insane. But I think what I've already oh, described is insane it. to you. No, this one works. No, the first one, it sounds, it sounds reasonable. It sounds reasonable because, like, everyone goes through that 
even if you're not having a panic attack per se, like you have those thoughts of like, oh, like, you know, like getting inside your own head yeah. like, too much, like, and that's a way to bring it down. But God, yeah. But let's hear about these. I, brain used to do, I used to do this one. So I would, I, I mean, this one's going to sound, I, my, my brain's kind of visual, visual, and I, I think I got a decent imagination, but I would like, I visualize an open door and then I, and then I'd start having fun with that. I'd close the door on the negative thought. Then I would barricade it with like wooden boards, cartoon style. I'd see the hammers going into like the boards. Then I'd fire a cannon at it. Then whatever. But by then, it like kind of just passed. But I, it was like just a distraction technique because your brain kind of, you can't really focus on two things at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I would like mentally focus very hard on like visualizing, you know, specifically a cartoonish. Door? No, it would usually start with the door, kind of open up my imagination, but I, I get cartoonish with it. Run it over with the tank, uh-huh. whatever you want to see in your mind's eye. I can, I'm not judging your imagination. Oh, I'm not good at that shit. Like, yeah, I, I don't have that type of creativity. Like, I, I can't. Like, I guess like my mind wanders, but like I can't like block shit out with other stuff. Oh, I can in get that it. manner that, that yeah, I can get describing. fucking lost in my goddamn brain. It sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now the last thing I want a food topic for you. Ooh. Oh, I think you're gonna love this, but I think I gotta I think I gotta have a formal breakup with dairy. We've we've been separated for a little bit. You know, this hit me hard. I, I mean, I've been I, I've been together with cheese for a long time. Uh-huh. I've I've been loving my cheese, but a while ago I noticed uh, that I had to, I like I used to eat slice pizza every day for lunch. That was my lunch. I was realizing cheese was making me real dairy was making me really nauseous to the point that oh, if I if I was eating it I wasn't like it, it was not like diarrhea nothing like that it would literally make me nauseous. It took me a while to figure out that it was dairy that was fucking me up, and then like where you would like gag. No, it was or like just like queasy. I, not even it was like I can't really describe it as being a headache, and it wasn't like nausea where I'd feel yeah, like, like gagger English. or I was gonna throw up, but it was like a seasicky punch drunk kind of feeling while you were eating it or it was like almost post? no no it, it would kick in like a couple hours uh. after eating it and it was almost like uh like not that the world would be spinning kind of thing but kind of like you know hard to describe but just i'm gonna uh, like a light nauseous feeling and then i ended up drinking earlier in the day because i kind of like killed it um but i learned over time oh if I, if basically more than a cup of dairy in a day will do that to me. But then I was like, I, I'd be cheating with that system because every once in a while I, I like, I test it. I'd be like, nah, I don't really think I'm a person that can't eat dairy. That's bullshit. Yeah. Like, fuck that. I'm not one of these pussies. Uh, and especially late at night, I'd be like, well, I'm going to sleep anyway. So, I, like, whatever. What's well, like, going to happen? Yeah, exactly. By the way, so, when you go yeah. to sleep, it kind of like sh- sh- turns off that switch. I don't know what it is, but it's like I'm going to sleep. So if I'm nauseous while I'm asleep, fuck no, it. I'll no, eat. It doesn't. Like, I'll eat a big steak sandwich yeah. with cheese on it or whatever the hell. I, I wouldn't you might do that. Wake up, you know. like you know. I never. I've never like had crap. that where I woke up, but I. I've I'm had, saying when you wake yeah. up in the morning, I'm saying like you could feel like shit then, but like right. But then that time, like, I tried cutting back on that a little bit because I just realized like, wait, if this makes me nauseous during the day, like I can only imagine the bodily inflammation that kind of existing. That I'm like eating something that clearly makes me sick before I go to sleep, just because I'm going to sleep at like that seems a little bit ridiculous. I'm fine with that. I've been doing a lot. I had a really bad experience this past Sunday, really, really bad. I went to Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's. I don't know your feeling on Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's. I'm all for Trader. You know, best part about Trader Joe's, they lie to you about things being healthy. I love being lied to about things being healthy. That's your favorite shit. That's my favorite thing. Also, you're you're like a fake. Like I love it. You, you, it's my favorite thing. 
You Tell me love... a cake has protein in it. Yeah. I'll eat so much of that cake and I won't feel bad about it. Yeah. I love it. Also, you never have to double check their pricing. You know, if it's a Trader Joe's, you're getting can't a be good more price. Than five dollars. It's not that it can't be more. Whatever it is, like I don't have to weigh it against the. If I buy brand flakes at Trader Joe's, I know I'm getting a higher quality brand flake than anywhere else at a better price. I don't need to go on Amazon. I don't need to research other brand flakes. Mm-hmm. I know that my Trader Joe's are at, like I use a even a face wash from them. I use a face moisturizer. I've been moisturizing my face. I do that. Wow. I'm going. It's, we've really been apart for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I don't have to compare the, the quality of this facial moisturizer. To, that would be taking it too far. But you get what I'm saying. That's yeah. kind of my OCD. Is I want to weigh. I want to weigh my options. I want to know that I'm getting the best. I want to know that I'm getting the best price. Well, that's I'm why, still Jewish at that's, heart. That's why I spend like two hours at on Stop coupons. And shop. No, oh. I'm saying like. When I go like grocery shopping, like it takes forever. I know it's exhausting. Takes forever. I have that problem because I'm always like, I'm looking. I'm like, okay, like apples. I, I waste so much this, time on like, the apples, like trying to find the perfect yeah. one. It drives me nuts. I hate shopping for that reason. And then like Hillary, like my wife, like just gets it done. She'll be back in like 20 minutes. I've I was had like, and like she'll yeah. have, and she'll have like a complete thing. Like I, how do you do? I've had that moment with my like with my like, mom where she's like, can you bag? Can you, like I'm in the mart. Can you bag? Can you grab a bag of grapes? And I'm like, ten I, minutes. I'm like, I need you to. Do, she's like, just. I'm like, if I get started, I gotta buy the. I gotta get the best bag here, and I'm gonna be distracted. I mean, I'm gonna get like, it's, it's gonna you exhaust might, me. It might not even exist. The it, bag of grapes. Yeah, that, and it, so that, it's like, can yeah. you just? I, I have that problem in life in general that if I turn my focus to something, I like really turn my. So it's like I really try not to turn my focus to things mm-hmm. that have no. I, I okay. Anyways, back to we were talking about Trader Joe's. Oh yeah. So I'm in Trader Joe's. I, uh, I was in Stanford. I still got the car. Haven't crashed it yet. And I was like, this well is amazing. Done. I can actually go to Trader Joe's. I've gotten up. into more accidents than you. I How guess. How many that fender means... benders? No, I'll I'll tell you about the accident because it was a weird type yeah. of accident. Continue on Trader Joe's. Oh, okay. So I saw it. I I'm, I, I was hungry as all hell. Uh, we were we were gonna barbecue, so I wasn't really eating that day. Uh, I mean, I ate like some, but like light, like I don't, I really didn't eat much all day and I went for a run. I, I was just really fucking hungry because I was trying to pace out like good appetite for dinner oh, kind of thing. That's I'm always, not good at that. It, it's a, it's a special skill because you don't want to go into like a big feast of yeah. a barbecue without eating anything during the day. Yeah. But you want to be eating like the right kind of things over the yes. course of the day so that like you're full enough, but like you're not like bloated. Yeah, I get that. I made the blunder of blunders here. Okay, so I, I buy. I'm actually really good yeah. at that. Like when I know that oh, there's you're like at, yeah. when I know there's like a big dinner, or like a big like event, or like I. That's the only time I know how to. Eat. <laughs> that's the only time I know how to eat in the morning and afternoon. Right. Because if I don't anticipate anything big in at dinner, like then I won't be thinking about right. Me, so. So I, I I purchased a whole bunch of I, I got some uh, some nuts I got some uh, some some protein bars I got all sorts of good stuff. What dairy did you get? I'll tell you. I saw goat cheese. No, I didn't get goat cheese. I saw a I love a cream filled cookie and I saw like this oat or something like a, like an oat on the outside yogurt filled cookie and I'm like oh my god it's like a healthy cream filled cookie I'm all about this this is gonna be great I'm not gonna eat that many of that like, like I'm big... starving no no it was like a like a box. That probably had like twelve in them, you know, like prepackaged. Okay, so I open it up, 
and I ate I ate two or maybe I probably ate three in the parking lot like right then and there because I was just really excited like oh my god Is they lied like to the me little Debbie oatmeal cream pies yes but it yogurt filled supposedly healthy quote, yeah quote unquote healthy it's really just the cream so, the so shit I take cream. I, I I take a bite and it's both like delicious and very sour. And I'm like, well, the sours, oh, I was like, oh, that's like the yogurt thing. Oh, no. Okay. Okay, here's where it takes a turn. So I was fine. Then when I go to unpack my car later at night, I'm like, I'm like, those cookies are there. And I'm like, dude, you're not even hungry. I'm like, yeah, but they're fucking there. I'm going to eat them. And I ate two more. And I'm telling you, I I guess it was in part, I went over my dairy threshold for the day. And also that those cookies, I think those cookies were bad. Listen, I might have, I might have eaten bad chicken. That might've been what happened. No. I went back to my apartment and like within I was feeling uh, like aggressive. It was like that usual nausea thing, but like way more. I hadn't drinking in uh and actually a full six weeks, and I was like I can't handle this nausea. So I started drinking. I had a little. I, I had myself a little Jack to just try and calm the nausea, which uh-huh. which worked enough that I went to bed. I woke up. This is about to take a turn for the worse. I woke up. I, I I can't even tell you how sick I felt, and I was like, please let this be. Please let this be diarrhea. Please let this be diarrhea. I get in the toilet, start ma- start start stewing it up, start stewing it up, and while I'm making diet, I, th- yeah, projectiled uh, into the garbage, projectiled into the garbage, project, dude, fucking f- not filled this garbage, but it's it, it's horrific, right? Now, this is a terrible thing about New York City. You can't just throw away garbage here. So, don't you have a garbage chute? No, I don't have a garbage chute. Uh. The garbage sits in the bottom of my building, and it just sits there. So I triple wrap this thing in a garbage bag. And then I basically like have to sneak outside my building and find someone else's garbage pile to put it in because I don't even know how it works with the garbage people checking to see what is and isn't recyclables. And now I'm throwing away a plastic garbage. And I think hilarious. I hope some fucking inspector came around going, "Did someone throw a plastic here? Open it up and fucking take a whiff of." Anyways, I go I go back to bed and I drink a whole lot of water before I go back to bed because I was like, "Oh, great, I got that out. Let me rehydrate." To- so totally drink the like water. I come, I wake back up two hours later. Projectile vomit, all this the like water. like yeah. two bottles of water, and then I was I was sick for an entire literally an entire day. The next day, I think I didn't throw up anymore, but it was like diarrhea. I was fucking sick, dude. And now I'm just like I don't think I could be risking this. Like I, I think this late night dairy game. I think I just gotta and I gotta I lay think, off for a little bit. That just sound, you I think it's just think bad you need cookies? To cut it out. Yeah, it sounds like it was bad cookies. It's just bad cookies. Yeah. All right, let's go eat a slice Keep of pizza. Going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, I'm Flesha. You are? All right, well, well I'm, I'm going to eat the meatloaf, and then, right. we'll, then we'll go out for par of cookies or something. Mr. Right. Harrington. I agree with you. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all. I, that's all. I, you, you hit your cue, right? Uh, all right. I think we're we're about ready to call an episode. We did it. You know, it was, it was like a warm-up round. We're coming off the summer porch store, very successful summer porch store. Uh, and we did tell people not to listen to this episode, so, you know, it had its moments. It was fun. But they don't listen to us. They don't listen to us. <laughs> so they're probably going to listen. They're, they're probably still with us all yeah. right now. How, how long, what are we, two hours in? <sighs> two, two and a half. That's pretty solid. Okay. This is so long. Before we call it, do you have any closing remarks, anything you want to add? You haven't spoken in a while. You've just, you've been sitting there. Yeah, I've been I've been getting stuff done. I've been doing two things at once, listening to your conversation and doing this. So I, I disproved like you the whole time, but I wasn't here to argue with you. <laughs> Mike, you want a meatball meatloaf sandwich? Yeah, you're gonna eat meatloaf sandwiches with me. I mean, right? was it made in a crock pot? Hell yeah. Sure then was. you know I'm gonna eat it. All right. Any uh any closing remarks, questions, comments, concerns, things to plug? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, my one-year anniversary show for Anxiety Attack, September 19th. If you Fuck are yeah. in the New York area, please stop by, uh, you know, if... Uh, all right, I'll make a deal. If uh, two people, just two people, come up to me with the promo code RUNYOURMOUTH, uh, Rob will do a five-minute guest spot. There you go. Is that fair? I love it, buddy. <laughs> I mean, a paid spot would be nicer, or just getting booked would be cooler, but well, I love I, it. I don't have, I don't have okay. any more room for paid spots. It's all good. It's all good. I and you fun, know... I you, have fun every time I got up, and last time I fucking murdered, dude. It yeah. was good. All you right. fucking crush every time. That's why I love having you. Yussel? Yep. Any uh, any closing remarks? I, I hope that I'm back again. Amen. May, may the Lord be with us. And that, that that's it. Run your mouth. Thanks, everybody. Cheers.